Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. That's right. It's a huge day. If you are a Bearcat fan of any kind, whether it be you, you're fresh into the football program, you you like following what Luke Fickle has done on campus, or you know whether it's been you're a long time basketball fan. This past week and today in particular has been a great. Great time for the Bearcats. That's why it's the BBP. No better time for the BBP. That means it's time to bring in my sidekicks. Good pals. Guys who are in better settings for a podcast than I am today. Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, gentlemen. I think it's safe to say, how are we? We're doing good. Let's get moving. We got a lot to get to. Let's let's go. Let's go. Aaron. (laughs) I mean, I, I think Chad said it all. Perfect. Well, guys, uh, I think all you got to say is we got them. Uh, yet again, the UC recruiting site puts out that beautiful video with all the highlights, with, with that beautiful music in the background. We got them is the, the premise of it. And that's right. Corey Kiner coming home. LSU, one season. Great. Second leading rusher on the team. SEC, great budding freshman. Had a great spring practice for them, springtime with them. But no, now he releases it this morning that he's entering into the transfer portal. Come six o'clock, there it is. I'm coming home. Guys, come on. Initial remarks. Chad, I know you've been on the radio a couple of times over there, giving your thoughts into it, just just fresh. But wow, sprinkle some some knowledge and some excitement onto the, the BCJ faithful here on the BBP. It's, it's huge. You, you've got Brent is at the airport, by the way. Uh, Spirit Airlines did him did him good. Uh, canceled his flight last night. He's got to catch a flight today. Um, but anyhow, it, it's a great addition. It, like it, you you solidified that running back room. You've made things easier on whichever quarterback wins the job. Uh, you bring home another hometown hero. Like everything you can ask for, you get uh, out of this commitment, and it's uh, it's a huge boost of momentum at the end of the spring, and uh, it's a very good day. To be a Cincinnati Bearcat, Aaron. The initial, just take it away. I mean, what more can be said than bringing a, a kid from Cincinnati back home to Cincinnati? Three years of eligibility left, and to I mean, there was so much hoopla around if we could potentially bring in Kiner and Prater and have both guys there in the backfield, and now we have a chance to do just that. So I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, those videos of, of those two guys together talking about the future, this, that, and the other is just awesome. So, I, you know, like you said, I can't wait to see what we can bring as both of them, potentially in the backfield together. You know, guys, we, we could dive into this for an hour right now. We're going to. We we, we're going to. But, but there's, it, it's time to bring in someone special. But before we do that, you know what's not broken right now? This, this locomotive's not broken. But if your car's a little run down, you know, if, if you decide to drive down to Florida instead of fly – and you need to get some 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 repairs done. Head over to Danco, Danco Transmissions. Special thank you to Danco. Head there, BCJ, BBP, drop it in. Get a little $10 off of oil change. Get your oil change where you head down so you can avoid the uh, mumbo-jumbo that I've been through. Which means that we bring in the man, the myth, my guy, Brady Collins. Brady, my man. Spring is in the books. How are we? How we doing, boys? Doing great, man. Doing real good. Golly, what's are, are you are you having a good day? I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> having a great day. Every day is a great day, you know. 
but some uh, days are a little it, greater than others though some days just you know bring you a little more sunshine and uh enjoy and you know maybe today's one of those days <laughs> i love it let's love talk it. about uh well let's talk about spring practice it was a great way to to finish up the spring game was awesome uh aaron and i were in there in attendance chad was remote elsewhere but man that the atmosphere inside of that building the the former players there to take it all in. Luke getting the Dodd Trophy. Just all of that encompassing within itself. Just an awesome, awesome Saturday for the Bearcats. Yeah, it really was. And I think, uh, you know, something that really stood out to me, and it's it's been, you know, prevalent this whole spring. But, uh, and you, you just said it, was all the former guys, you know, that are getting ready to go be drafted uh, here in the next two weeks, they were all back. And, uh, you know, they've like, been in and for out. like two weeks since the pro day. They've all been and yeah, even before I that. Mean, they've all been around. I mean, Ahmad Gardner came back, you know, three weeks before like his uh, before the combine and, you know, was training back at home and just being around. And, you know, but then, you know, it's just been ever since, you know, all those guys went to the combine before pro day and even after pro day, all those guys, man, they just they love this place. And I think that just speaks testament to you know, everything we've done in our, in our time here and what we've built and what we're continuing to build and enhance. But, you know, obviously the spring uh, scrimmage slash game, whatever you want to call it inside the bubble, that w- that went obviously really good. Um, a lot of competitiveness on both sides of the ball. And obviously we came out clean, no injuries, which is huge for, you know, for moving forward. We had a great clean spring. Um, but to me, that's just, I mean, that does, that just stands out. I mean, and again, even from my time at Ohio State and Mississippi State, I mean, you just didn't see that many guys just kind of still, you know, be around and want to be around and not just to be around to be like, hey, here I am. Like, no, they're they're still coaching up our guys. And, you know, they have just as much love and investment in the program um, right now than they did when they were, you know, wearing the uniform. So that's what really makes me proud and really cool to see. But uh, but it was it was a great, great finish to uh to the spring, even though that day wasn't the the last day of it, um, but it uh, it went it went just as well as you could hope for. Yeah, can you, go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say, can you dive a little bit more into what you saw out of the guys who were returning, and just kind of some of the things that you saw them doing with the the guys that are coming back as students? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the first thing that really stands out to me is obviously you know competition brings out the best in everybody. So, you know, no doubt you've seen improvements from everybody across the board. Um, but, you know, Evan does stand out just, you know, a lot of uh, competition in that room, which only brings out the best in each other, which has been great to see. And having someone, you know, with all the experience and um, history that Ben Bryan has, I mean, that's been, you know, a, a blessing to have in the program as well. But, you know, when I, I think what he was front, saying real quick, I think what he was saying, Brady, was like how Dez is impacted talking to those two guys, like yeah. as he's hung around, how Sauce has impacted that cornerback room. Oh, okay. No, I'm being around. We'll we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to the we'll get to the we'll get to the player stuff. We gotta get to the the outside stuff first. You guys get me excited. You know how I get going. Um, we do. We do. No, I mean, I think I think that's huge. I mean, it really is because. You know, to the outside world, everybody sees Desmond Ritter as, you know, I mean, you turn on every channel, ESPN, NFL Network, you pull up your phone, it's on Twitter. Like, Des's name is like the hot thing right now. Well, he hasn't been that. I mean, he's always been the hot thing for us, but like, 
he's he's always been that from the day he walked in and he's just enhanced it every single year so you know to us and inside our program he's still the same old you know incredible young man and leader and yes great football player that he is but you know what's what he's about to do here in the next few weeks and you know what he's done since you know the season ended in the playoffs it hasn't changed who he is he's still humble he's still a great human being all those guys Ahmad Beavers Joel DeBlanco Kobe Bryant Curtis Brooks I mean those guys they just they want to be around the program because they invested so much into it they gave so much to it and you know we gave some to them and um you know for all those guys that are on our roster currently they, they look up to those guys and uh you know to, to be able to be out at practice you know for a short time because you know, a year from now, you're not going to have Desmond Ritter out at practice all the time. He's going to have his own things that he's doing. But to just be able to bounce a few things off him and he could tell you some things here and there. And then just the, you know, just looking over there and seeing your good friend and brother that you've gone to war with for a long time. It's just it does. It, pro- it provides value that, you know, I can't even begin to um, talk about. Now, be- how cool has it been real quick, Brent? How cool yeah. has it been seeing NFL Network, ESPN, like everybody the Bearcats have basically been front and center every day with, you know, sauce taking up top 10 conversation and Des being in the, in the conversation for top quarterback. And now there's a lot of chatter of maybe Alec Pierce sneaking into the first round. It seems like every day there's a new Bearcat talking point. Like how cool has that been to watch and how big is that for the program that you're getting this essentially month long commercial for if you want to do it, it can absolutely be done in Cincinnati. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's everything you set out to do, you know, when you take over a program. I mean, obviously, you know, when we got here, we said the first thing, we, we want to play for championships. And we've played for three straight, one, two straight. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's that's our goal every single year. But it all starts, you know, way before that, you know, building the team inside the locker room, the way you train, the, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And, um, but I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it, it is, it's awesome. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think Ahmad shot a, uh, a commercial for like Bose headphones the other day, like in the weight room. And you're like, dude, this is, this is awesome. Not because, you know, you, you want to see Bose headphones and all that. I mean, no disrespect, love Bose headphones, but it's like, Hey, make sure you get the seat in the background because you want to keep pumping that out. And, uh, it is, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, even this morning when I got into work, you know, I always turn on my TV in my office and I pulled up the NFL network and there they were, they were talking about Des at like 6am in the morning. And I was just like, man, this is, you know, it's awesome. And, you know, I know it's a big recruiting thing, obviously, but, you know, it just kind of goes to show you. And even though in the past there's been, you know, players that have gone on to the NFL and had good careers and are still currently having good careers. It just shows you, you come here, you're going to get coached the right way by the best. You're going to get developed better than anybody in the country. And you're going to be put in a position to obviously win a lot of games and get a lot of recognition more as a team. And then all the individual comes, but you know, everything you want to do can be done right here at the university of Cincinnati. And, you know, obviously we're going to continue to, you know, set high expectations and keep pushing the standards, but it is, you know, when, when I think about it, it is, it's so cool to just turn on all the TVs and you see that and, you know, you get the texts from your buddies and your brothers and all that. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a tremendous amount of pride that I take. You know, I, one of the things that I've really liked as the draft inches closer is that a lot of the analysts you see will say, after diving into further tape on 
Jerome Ford, we saw this. After dissecting Brian Cook a little bit more, we saw he didn't give up a passing touchdown last year either. You know, it, it, as you, you continue to dive further into each player, you see some things that you might have missed when, you know, without first glance and, and from whatnot from there. So my question is this, and I want you to dive into the story and how this came about was the current team had two more practices after the spring game, like you said. So will, will Jabari Taylor have a, a little bit of a side note on his report saying not only is he a great defensive lineman, but, you know, he could be a substitute kicker if something rises. <laughs> I think that's just a testament to Jabari, man. He's a he's a man of many many wondrous traits. And, uh, you know, that was, that was actually a shocker to see him do that. I mean, he's a guy, he can do backflips. He can do cartwheels. He can do all that kind of stuff. Obviously he's so twitchy. He's explosive. He's strong as hell. But, uh, I think more so than anything about a guy like Jabari is his leadership, his work ethic, his love that he has for, um, you know, not only this team, but everybody in his D line room. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely something that was uh, a shock to see, but also, not too surprising if you know Jabari. I mean, like, how did that come about? It looked like they had a little meeting on the field about what what the black team and the white team, and they said, "All right, yeah, who, I don't know. I mean, pick a I kicker." Guess, I guess Coach Hitchler thought he could kick field goals, and uh, as we, you know, found out very fast, he cannot kick field goals. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's just you know just what we always do: competitiveness and uh, creativity, energy, all those things, and. You know, at the heat of the moment, hey, it's a tie game. We could keep kicking field goals left and right, but you know what? Let's have a little fun. Let's mix things up. Who thinks they can make a field goal? And then Jabari steps up, bangs it in, black team wins. Talk more about singular players, uh, maybe one or two, a handful if you want, that have kind of as spring began, you were like, okay, I want to I want to really keep an eye on this guy. Not really his, his performance on the field, that as well, but more – how he's going about every day, you know, how he's tackling every day, like you guys say, with a competitive mindset. And then, you know, kind of, kind of who's caught your eye and really drawing your attention and you say, wow, he's he's taking what we taught him in the weight room and he's pushing it even further. You said start off with senior guys? No, just a handful, one or oh, two. A handful? Anyone. Um, I mean, you know, I look at uh, – I'm looking at a guy like uh, Trey Tucker who's going to be a senior and has done so much, you know, for this, for this program in the weight room, on the football field, in academics. I mean, he's the epitome of everything that we do. Um, but, you know, you got, you know, a young um, kind of core behind him and Tyler, who, you know, Tyler started last year. You know, Mike Young's gone. Alec Pierce is gone. Um, you know, Jaden Thompson, who's ready to kind of step up and fill some, some, some holes there. A Nick Mardner, who transfers in. Blue Smith, who's coming on. And, uh, you know, the Chris Scotts, the Drew Donleys, the Will Paulings, just a bunch of great dudes. You know, I, I kind of just watch him to see, you know, how did his leadership step up? And, uh, you know, that was really impressive for me to see. I think he's still just scratching the surface of that. Um, I'm looking at the tight end room, obviously, with, you know, your top tight end in next year's draft, Josh Wiley, you know, rehabbing on the side, but ready to rock and roll. And we're just holding him out to be safe. Um, you know, you're getting Lenny T, his good reps. You're getting Shimon Mateo, who's out there just, you know, taking it all in and getting better. Um, but, uh, you know, I look up front at the O-line because, again, you had Renfro, you know, out. You had Mets kind of getting a little bit here and there. So, you know, you got some plug-and-play guys. You're kind of moving things around. You got a new coach and just been really pleased with 
um, you know, Coach Cummings and everything that he's brought to the program and just a, r- a real tenacity up front. And, you know, can't wait to see how that continues through the summer and camp. But, uh, you know, I mean, guys that have really stepped out and just, you know, kind of jumped out to me. Uh, number one, you know, is Jaheim Thomas. Um, I was talking with my staff the other day. I was like, you know, hey, you know, as this thing keeps rolling and yeah, we're, you know, recruit, we've always recruited at a high level. I mean, you know, best class in the conference every year. But, uh, you know, Jaheim is exactly what we pride ourselves on. Jaheim came in, he was skinny, he was athletic, um, you know, but he just, yeah, he wasn't as strong, which a lot of kids aren't out of high school. And, um, you know, all he did was put his head down and grind and, you know, followed the lead of so many great people in front of him, Joel DeBlanco, um, Darian Beavers. Now he's got Will Huber, who's still here, you know, right there on his side. So, you know, he steps out to me um, as a guy that's really elevated his game and really changed his body and his mind, his work ethic, all those things. Um, Ty Van Fossen, you know, had a great spring. And uh, I think that just kind of stands out more because he wasn't, you know, rotating with Deshaun Pace. But just, you know, as a whole, in the spring, all you're looking to do is continue to build your team because, again, it's going to be so different. No matter – if three of the guys that are going to the draft were back, like your team is different every single year. So, you know, getting those guys to carry the standard and, uh, you know, everything that we do. It, I mean, I don't want to call out Mornay, but I am. I'm, you know, I'm going to be biased. I think as a whole, I'm just really, really proud. But um, in closing one area, I would definitely say it's the kicking game. That is, it's been a nice little addition right there. So some of the guys that uh, Chad and I talked about as the, uh, standouts if you will or uh mvps for offense defense um some of the names that came up were uh i think chad had said uh will huber um for defense Uh, i think i went with jabari um and then for offense i said uh i think we both agreed it was shaman um is there anybody else you would add to that conversation though as you've had a little bit different view um, I mean, yeah, those are guys that definitely stand out. Uh, I think Eric Phillips has done a really good job on the D line there for sure with, Malik, with, uh, you know, with Malik rehabbing his ankle and he's all fine now and he's ready to rock and roll. But, you know, you look at a guy like Eric that his body weight's kind of done this. Um, you know, we get he's him to skinny. 260. Is he, is he too skinny now? He's 250. He needs to be 260, 265. <laughs> he has to do it. Is he got a tapeworm? Seriously, is he got a tapeworm? Are you sure? No, he just doesn't eat and, you know, wants to look good for the ladies, I'm guessing. But, uh, you know, he's going to put on good, lean, 10 to 15 more pounds of muscle. And that's only going to make him stronger and more faster and explosive and be able to handle 300-plus, you know, pound O-lineman. But he really did a great job uh, this spring. Um, all the running backs did a great job. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you hit the nail on the – or you hit the head on the nail right there. I mean, all those guys, they, they, they for sure had great springs and, you know, stand out and uh, really, really pleased with all of them. Well, Phillips has had a domino effect too, where we've gotten to see some flashes of one Rob Jackson running with the twos. So what can you tell us about that kid and just his work ethic and what you've seen both on, on the field and, and in the weight room? Yeah. I mean, I love young Rob or Roberto, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> again, you know, just, just a kid that is so raw, 
you know, I mean, yeah. big time basketball player in high school, played a little bit of uh, football and then, you know, we found him and we found a gem and uh, I think he's just getting better every single day. You know, the more coaching he gets, the better he's going to get. And, you know, luckily he's got Jabari up there, you know, putting him under his wing and really driving the culture and standards of how he trains and practices and takes care of his body, all those things. But, you know, I joke all the time, you don't get too many 6'5", 200, you know, 75 pounders coming in the door. He's a freak. Like he did. And, you know, yeah, we'll fine tune him. And obviously now he's up to 285 and he's a lot more bigger and stronger and faster. And it's like, those are fun. And, you know, the Ahmad Gardeners, the Ahmad Gardeners of the world are fun, too, when they come in skinnier than hell. And, you know, you just beat them up and put on good weight and train them. And then all of a sudden, you know, but, uh, yeah, if I, had very to do a, Rob. if I had to do a most improved from start to finish, I think it would be Rob. Because he was at the beginning of spring practice still, I think, kind of feeling his way. And by the end of spring practice, he was making plays and that confidence was going up and you could. You can start to see it clicking with him where he's like, I can be pretty good at this. Like I, all of a sudden he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you know, confidence is everything, you know, you can't go out there timid. You can't go out there overthinking. And that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. 90% of the times his kids are afraid to make a mistake. Well, you can't be that way, especially on defense. You just got to go, you know, if you mess up, mess up going as hard as you can, I guarantee you're going to cause some type of disruption. Um, and especially up front, you know, I mean, coming in, whether you're a freshman or a sophomore, I mean, it is very, very rare that you get a guy that's ready to rock and roll because, I mean, let's face it, that's where the dirtiest of work is done. Every single down, every single snap, every single quarter. I mean, you're physically trying to impose your will on another 260 to 330 pound human being. So, you know, for a guy like Rob, who did come in very raw, very athletic, and it's just put in the work and continuing to get better. And then all of a sudden you see, you know, the rewards of that, where you do start to make some plays and feel good about yourself. Well, good. Now we hang our hat on that. And we keep it going. We push it because, you know, like I said, he should be a physical dominant uh, human being. So, you know, that'll be up to, up to us to continue to push that. And then he'll get, keep getting coached. And, you know, I think uh, the sky's the limit for him. A lot like Rob and like Jaheim, who Jaheim, I said in, in my little article post uh, spring game, I was like, that he's my number one buy stock now guy. Just man, the way he's just flying all over the field is, is a sight to see. But when it comes to just, you know, being in the program and, and buying into the culture and then improving yourself to your best ability, those guys have had a couple years for Jaheim, you know, a year for Rob. But some players have only had two weeks a month, two months with, with you guys to, to really hone in and get that locked in. I want to first start with, with the new transfers that came in. Then we can talk about those, uh, those early enrollee freshmen, but you know, just talk about some of the, some of the things you've seen out of like an Ivan pace and, and, and the amount of, of production and the amount of growth that Nick Marner has made. And, you know, D'Artanian Tinsley and, and Ryan Coe, you mentioned the kicking game already a little bit, just kind of what you've seen out of them since when they first hit the weight room to, now at the end of spring. Yeah, I think uh, I think all of those guys came in with the right mindset. You know, it, it, it's hard when you're starting a new journey um, anywhere. But I think, you know, what really, you know, I pride myself on is our locker room, obviously, is really close. Um, the culture, the standard is set. Guys withhold it. They set it every single day. So, you know, all those guys, when they came in, 
They didn't try to have, you know, the big chest, look at me, I'm a transfer from so-and-so, I'm coming in to do this, do that. They kept their mouth shut, they worked, they listened, they were coachable, and, you know, they absorbed everything around them. They they were, you know, osmosis, if that's even a word, into the program. And that's a testament to all of our guys, um, you know, but, you know, with Ryan Coe, you just see, you know, just so much, you know, I'm going to say it like swagger. He has swag and he's got confidence and the kid's a good kid and he trains hard. And, you know, did I you, think he's. Did you ever think you'd be saying a kicker had swag though? I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, I definitely did not. Um, but, uh, but he does. And uh, again, you know, the Mason Fletcher's and Bryce Burton and Casey Pfeiffer's in his room, the older guys that have played, even though Fletch is only, you know, going to be a sophomore. You know, they did a good job of really putting their arm around him and bringing him along. Um, you know, Nick Marner coming in, never trained like we do ever in his life, never probably even thought of it, but just continued to put in the work, gotten better, gotten better. Now he's, you know, he's a guy that he's like, coach, give me more, give me more, give me more. And, uh, you know, again, then he gets on the practice field to see us how hard we practice, um, you know, how you take care of your body, all those things. Again, he's just, he's going to be night and day at fall camp. Um, you know, Ivan. Obviously, no, no of them know him from, you know, back in the days. And, you know, he's got his brother here, which is huge. But uh, just a thick, obviously real thick, but explosive, powerful, strong, um, quick twitched, great young kid, great young man. And, uh, you know, again, just brushing the surface of his potential. And, uh, you know, it's just going to continue to be a great evolution of, you know, their, their bodies, their hearts, their minds as we get going in the summer and then in the fall camp. Let's get down to it. Quarterback. It was a well-fought spring, I think, for both of them. I think both showed a lot of, like, it, it, the competition has been high level, uh, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I've been really impressed with how much we've seen Maybe this day Evan was better. And the next day, here comes Ben. And then the next day, here comes Evan. And it really has been like a 15 round, 15 practices, 15 rounds. I like how that works out. Like a 15 round heavyweight fight that these kids had throughout the spring. Um, and I feel a lot better about the future of the quarterback position than I did at the start of spring. And I felt pretty good about it at the start of spring. I was just really impressed with the way both kids attacked the situation. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, Evan and Bed had had a year together. Yeah. So, you know, those guys, they know each other. Um, but at the same time, they also had a year apart. And, you know, Ben went to Eastern Michigan, got a lot of games and experience under his belt. Um, and Evan stayed and continued to get, you know, groomed and developed by, by us here and, you know, had another year with Dez and, but, you know, the thing that just, like I, you know, I kind of briefly touched on is just the competition aspect. It, it's what you want. I mean, it's what you want in any, any facet of life. Like if you want to be the best, you need to be pushed by the best. And the only way to make yourself the best is if others around you are pushing you to be that way. Well, you know, we're so fortunate that we have two guys uh, fighting for the job that also, you know, we're here at some point in time or more so in time with the greatest, one of the greatest football players and quarterbacks ever do it, who really set the standard and, you know, um, 
But again, you know, like, like you said, yeah, if one day one guy was better, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I have no idea if one day this guy was better or not. I've just been extremely pleased and proud of both of them. Um, you know, they're both, you know, a little different, got a little, um, unique leadership style to each of them. They both have their own, you know, personal swag to them. Um, but just so pleased because, um, you know, you could tell, I mean, a guy like Evan is, you know, not night and day, but just so much better. Well, why is that? Well, yeah, he's been in the program. He's stronger. He's faster. He's accustomed to here and there. And then you got a little competition nipping at your butt. That helps, you know, Ben Bryant coming in with experience. And obviously, you know, one of our guys from the get go, now he's back. He loves it here. This is his home. Um, you know, it's just, it make it makes our whole team better. And it's hard too, because, you know, those guys are going ones and twos and ones and twos, maybe every other series or this and that, like, so it's hard to get a, you know, pure evaluation, but at the end of the day, let's face it, you feel really, really good about both of those guys and uh, can't wait to see it continue through the summer and uh, training camp. So if, if quarterback is one position where obviously Des is out, um, going to go represent the program in the biggest way possible, but now the other position would probably be cornerback would be where you shift your gears to as well about two players that are now heading into the NFL going to be big time NFL players at the next level as well. So what has been your, your point of view, just looking at that cornerback room, you know, Arquan stepping into more of a leadership role, you know, JQ being that guy that, you know, it, one of my favorite pictures is the picture of sauce mano y mano with JQ just teaching him. And, you know, it goes back to what you were saying about these past players coming back and being more teachers than anything else. But what's been kind of your your view of that cornerback room as it's slowly developing, as, as roles are becoming defined just throughout spring? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, before the players, and, you know, just no disrespect, I love Coach Perry Iliano. Um, but, you know, having Coach Combs here, and I know I've said it before, I mean, whoo. It's special. I mean, it's so special. I mean, he's he's one of the best I've ever gotten, you know, to work with, you know, right behind Coach Vick. And uh, just his love, his passion of the players, that feeds into the game. But he's just, you know, what he's done with those guys in his short time, um, you know, again, I might know a little more than the outside world, but I just, I just know how much that means to those kids and what it's going to do through them through the summer and, and fall camp and, and beyond. But uh, – you know, been really, really pleased with all those guys. I mean, again, you know, everybody knows it. Yeah, they're huge, huge shoes to fill. But, you know, at the same time, we're not trying to replace a Mod Gardner with another Mod Gardner. You can't. You just can't. You're never going to be able to replace a Kobe Bryant. I'm sorry, you're not. Like, so getting those kids to understand it's their turn. You know, everybody's going to compete. They're going to battle it out. They're going to be the best version of themselves for the team. Um, you know, been – been pleased you know I mean you got Todd Bumpfus out there you got a young JQ who's really taken off I mean I was joking with him today he came into my office I was like man imagine if you didn't come in early I was like think about how hard camp would be he goes damn you're right like you know so that helps him out big time um you know Sammy Anderson is a guy that I think is really on the up um you know just really just attacking everything that he's doing and really buying into everything coach Combs is you know all about um, Jaquan Shepard stepping up, Justin Harris coming back from his, you know, scary incident from the season, you know, getting him healthy, providing value. Um, the two young guys, Kalen Carroll, Ken Willis, you know, ev everybody 
is just stepping up and, you know, standing out. And that's, that's what you want. That's the evolution of a program. That's what good coaching is, is guys getting better guys making improvements, you know, not only just in the weight room, that's, that's going to happen. Otherwise I shouldn't be here, but you know, on the football field where it's more importantly, which obviously transfers to life. Ken Willis has got a little toughness to him. I've seen a couple of times this spring him come up and put a hat on somebody. You know, again, this is uh, going into year six here. They say that's the West side factor. So, you know, West side guys uh, like to hit a little bit. They do. And, you know, bless, bless young Ken, man. I mean, he's, he's tiny, tiny, but he's bigger than what he got here. And uh, he's only going to continue to get bigger, but he does. He's, he's got the want, he's got the love, he's got the passion and uh, he's going to be a great player. Don't mess with those Coleraine guys. Don't ever doubt them. <laughs> so you brought up having a coach Combs back, uh, but there's been obviously a lot of new coaches added to the staff this season and you've had a little bit more time since the last time we asked you about the impressions that you had with some of these coaches. Um, but what's it been like with guys like, you know, maybe Mike Cummings or, or Nate Letton or a James Ross, a Walter Stewart. Um, Cause I'll be honest. I think Walt had probably the most energy on the sidelines during the spring game out of anybody. And that shocked the hell out of me. Cause I was expecting it to be Gary. Are you sure you want to put your name on that? You want to tell Coach Combs that? I don't – well, and I don't know where Coach Combs was, so he may have been on the offensive side, and we we were on, on the uh, on the defensive side. So I don't know <laughs> where he was, if he was with the special teams or if he was with the defensive side, but at least on the defensive side, I saw Walt having the most energy over there. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, yeah, and again, you know, I mean, um, Coach, uh, Coach Cummings, you know, coming in um, – it has, man. It's been, it's been a huge, huge addition. Um, just his, his, uh, his passion, uh, the way he coaches, the way he teaches, um, guys you know, the, sta- the standard that he sets for those guys up front. I mean, let's face it. We, we pride ourselves on being an O-line and D-line driven program. And it's not the prettiest of positions. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be hard, but you know, I think he's just come in. And like I said, I, you know, I kind of, hit on a little bit uh, earlier prematurely he's made everybody better and uh you know that that's scary because you know we got a bunch of dudes up front now that are just nipping at the butt to to take over and uh you know as i've gotten to know him more i mean i just really you know value his um you know his work ethic his vision the way he teaches and coaches all those things so um it's gonna you know just continue to get better with him Coach uh, Stu, great dude, great dude. I mean, I love chopping it up with him. A lot of it is, uh, you know, old war stories from when he used to work out and stuff like that. You know, he was on the losing team of the spring kick scrimmage, so he had to run the stadium. And that was the first time he did that in a very, very long time. So, you know, we were talking about that, talking about some old stories. Um, There's a new rule on that, right? Nobody, Nobody over 50 has to do the stairs, right? Well, over forty, you get to cut. You get to cut over halfway. Okay, okay. You get to cut over halfway. It almost ended and, bad one year. I won't say for who. It, it could have. It could have. And you know, just so, <laughs> just so people know out there, you know, Coach Fick, him and I, we ran the stadium that morning. So you know, before the kick scrimmage. So you know, again, we're always going to be on the winning winning side. We never lose. We just win. But uh, you know, we 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 ran the stadium that morning. And, uh, you know, we, we, we crushed it, but, um, but he's doing a great job. I think, uh, 
I think the guys are really vibing with him and really appreciating him. You know, you never want to say it, but I do. I think him being a former Bearcat, yeah. you know, gives him a little extra uh, juice to him, right? I mean, it means a hell of a lot to him deep down. Sure. Um, and Coach Ross. He's a fun I mean, guy. He is. Great dude. Um, Coach Ross, you know, I think uh, he got here, you know, what? I don't even know. A week, two weeks ago. I mean, it's been so fast. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, you know, he's catching up with everything and getting accustomed to everything. But, uh, you know, he's doing a great job as well. And, um, you know, can't wait to see the progression of him as we get going. Is Fix still coaching Jaheim, like, personally? <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's not safe for any linebacker on our team. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> You know, I was joking with my guys about that the other day. I'm like, you know, I stand behind um, the, you know, the offense when they're, when we're practicing and everything. And you'll just see thick all the time, like Gene, this way, or like, you know, Hubert, this way. It's just, I mean, it's innate in him. I mean, he can't help it, man, you know, and, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's what makes our, makes our defense so special is, you know, he's, he's always going to be there. He's always going to be helping guys, but yet at the same time, he's, invested in the offense and making sure everybody's good over there. And uh, it's a player's coach, man. Dude's dude. Go back to those stadium runs, man. Because I tell you what, walking up the damn stadium steps, whew, sometimes uh, you get to the top and you're like, man, I'll be sweating by the time I get up to the press box. So that's an impressive feat right there, Brady. Good, good for you. It is the best time I've ever had. Now, again, we, we start on the bottom, you go up, you cross over, and then you come down. Right. So the whole lower bowl, the best time I ever did was seven minutes and one seconds. That's fast. It's very fast. Now here's, here's my secret. I come down fast, right? I mean, I come down flying because you know, your legs are already sore. What's the point of going down slow? And if you're trying to beat your time, you got to go down fast. So that's my thing. But uh, the other day on the kick scrimmage, I think I did it in like nine minutes and 28 seconds. I wasn't trying to break any records. I was just doing it for the boys. Who 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 would be the favorite in a, a three-person Nippert Stairs race? Brady Collins, Luke Fickle, Amy Fickle. <laughs> uh, I've seen Amy do the stairs. She moves. She does move. She does. Um, I'm going to go with myself all day, every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that's the confidence. Uh, that's uh, that's just, you know, I know what I can bring to the table. Uh, Clip it. <laughs> Clip it. Make I, sure Amy I'm, sees it. I mean, I'm sure she's Amy just would ex- love. She's just as competitive as her husband. It's just she keeps it a little quiet. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I know. But, uh, no, I mean, uh I'm, I'm always ever, down for a challenge. Always down. You for ever a done challenge. the hot? You ever done the hot yoga with her? No, I have not. But you know, she does teach a bar class now. Yeah. So that's the that's the new challenge that has been presented to me is to join uh, Coach Fick in a bar class with her. And I said, "That's fine. I'll do it. I don't care." <laughs> uh, you never bit it coming down the stairs in these races. No, because. Uh, you know, when we run them as a team, again, it's a staple of what we do in the summer. Um, we run uh, seven of them, right? We'll run seven up and down the same. So, you know, the O-line, they have this row. The D-line has this row. Running backs have this row. Every, every unit has their own row. And we run seven for a reason, right? You're, you're guaranteed six home games. Well, seven's the conference championship game. And we know we're going to win every game in NIP. 
It means something to us. It's special. It's sacred ground. Nobody's going to beat us on our home turf. 27 straight, no big deal. Um, so we time it every single week and you got to beat your time every week. So, you know, it, has there been chances where guys almost bit it? Of course. But, uh, you know, again, they, uh, they do a great job and they know that safety is number one. So. Well, Brady, I have to ask you this one. What's next? You know, spring practice wrapped up. Not even sure what the next move is for the team and, and, and everyone involved. So so what's next for you now that spring did wrap up and, and what kind of are you, you given for the team to continue their, you know, their conditioning and everything until uh, the summer fires up? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this is uh, finals week. So guys are wrapping up all their finals, uh, making sure we finish strong academically, which, you know, we always do a great job of that. Um, but uh, they're going to have a good two to three weeks off. You know, if they're around, if they're in town, you know, the weight room's open. They could come in, get a lift on their own, do whatever they need to do. Um, for me, my staff, you know, we're, we're in like we were all in today. Uh, tomorrow we'll be in. We'll be in here and there. If guys got stuff, they'll be, you know, taking care of family stuff or whatever they got to do. But uh, it's just all about resetting, recharging. And, uh, you know, even today I had to kind of give myself a break because I really dove into like everything in the summer, like workout groups and workouts and this and that. And, you know, my head's always spinning. And I got, you know, books of notes and it was like, all right, I need a little break. I don't need to dive into it right away. But, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of do because, you know, as, as one page turns, the next one is, is waiting there for you. And, you know, I'm, I'm just as excited as the kids are to get going. But at the end of the day, they need a little break from us and no doubt I need a break from them, but, uh, you know, it is, it's a good time to just kind of reset, recharge and, you know, have a little different kind of hours. And, um, you know, we have our, uh, strength conference coming up the first week of May. That's always good to go. So my guys and I will go to that. Um, but other than that, it's just, you know, every day getting things ready to rock and roll for when we start in the summer. Have you like I'm I'm assuming every year you set up your own goals for what you want to do that year, but are those goals ever evolving for you and your staff? Are they things that you sit down and revise like week after week, or is that something that after a segment of like say after spring football, then you reevaluate your goals, or is it like how how do you set your goals for yourself over the course of the year? Uh, I mean, the ultimate goal obviously is to win. Um, you know, not trying to be like, you know, cocky or anything like that, but like, I mean, let's face it. That's, that's what matters. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I, I pride myself and my staff, you know, we never set like individual goals for the guys. Like, you know, Hey, Jaheim, you need to be benching this. You need to be squatting this. Like you can't do that. You know I mean? Because I'm not gonna lie to you, even as a head strength coach, I'm gonna tell you right now, nobody gives a shit. Like they don't, you know what I mean? Like all that matters is that you're healthy and that you play the game really, really well and that you're durable and you can do it for the whole season. And, um, you know, so when I fine-tune it, I mean, you know, the goals obviously are to, to be better than what we were last year. Well, how do you do that? Okay, you lost a lot of guys. Okay, yeah, everybody can say what they want. Okay, you got a lot of guys that are going to make names for themselves. It's still about the team, right? How close can we make this team? And, uh, you know, you, you go back to everything you've done in the past. And, you know, again, I pride myself we don't, we don't just copy and paste and do what we did in 2018 or 19 or 20 or 21. Everything's always evolving. And, um, 
you know, I always say we're in a state of perpetual development. I say this to recruits. I say this to the team, which means, you know, 24, seven, 365 days a year, we're trying to develop something, whether it's your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. And if, if I say that, but I'm not living that and I'm not trying to get better as a coach, then I'm going to be lying and I'm not going to be better. So, you know, you're looking for, uh, like today I challenged my staff. I said, Hey, you know, no idea is a bad idea. Give me new ideas on, you know, exercises, new ideas on rep schemes, new equipment, uh, new organization, new flow. I mean, just everything. Right. Because, you know, I value their opinion more than anything and they might bring something new to the table that would be benefit to this team and, you know, further down the line. But, uh, you know, the goals stay the same, you know, win a championship. So what do I have to do? What do we have to do as a staff to put our team in the best position to win championships? we got to train hard as shit. That's, that's what we hang our hat on. We're, we're tough. We're nasty. Doesn't have to be pretty. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be the closest team in the country. We don't do anything individually. Everything's done um, together. And then, uh, you know, we got to be healthy. we got to keep our bodies fresh, our hearts, our minds, all that stuff. And, you know, we got to go put our guys in position to play the game that they love and have fun doing it. You have to keep evolving because if you don't keep evolving, then you'll watch a video from someplace else and see a bunch of guys at another place doing the same things that, that you did three, four years ago. Yeah. You know, it's funny how things happen like that, right? I, mean, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, who knows? I mean, this summer, I mean, I don't know. They'll probably call it a bar, bar on the back fest. You know, it'll be bar on the back fest. <laughs> you know, hey, you it, know, is, so, it some, is what it is. Sometimes you see bouncy houses at places that have never done anything like that before. When it was yeah. a Brady Collins thing, you know, four, three, four years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, no big deal. I'm just saying. No big deal. Like Imitation said, is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so is holding that L in your home stadium with red everywhere. Can never take that back, my friends. Can never take ever, that back. Ever, 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 ever. That should be a frame picture in everybody's household. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, how often do you fly? Without the team. Yeah, without the team. Uh, you mean like travel? Yeah, travel. Because I like tell you just, what, this, this airport is bonkers right now. <laughs> I'm like in a twilight zone. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I uh, my whole family, we were we were getting ready to fly out to San Antonio for uh, my uncle who passed in January. They had a big celebration of life. And it was like the morning of, we're getting all these emails like delayed, 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 delayed. And we're like, we can't take the kids, you know to the airport and be delayed all day for one day in San Antonio and then fly back. Like, you know, it was just, it was going to be like three days of travel for one day. And, uh, so I went by myself and, uh, you know, flew out of CVG, flew to Denver and then flew to San Antonio. So it was a long day, but it was, you know, it was fun. Put my headphones in watch a movie, all that. Um, a lot of people watching. Um, but, uh, I, don't, I really don't – I don't travel that much besides, you know, when it's time for games. Yeah, I was going to say because it's, it's, it's tough to, to podcast in an airport. But you know what? Today was a special day. Every, <laughs> every day having you on the pod, you got to make sure the BVP keeps rolling. So uh, no doubt I'd, I'd be pulling out. No. Oh, baby, we are grinding. Um, Aaron, Chad, 
Anything else for 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 Brady? I think uh, I think we've we've kept him longer, and and I mean, shoot, we can go another thirty with Brady if he wants. But we we do have a couple questions that we can address from the uh, from the mailbag here. Yeah, um, take it away, Aaron. No problem. So, just want to make sure I get the phrasing right on some of these questions. Uh, uh, uh. First question. Um, Welcome to the offseason BCJ Mailbag. Here are the three questions to start. This is how the guy actually phrased his question. Uh, please guess who bench presses and who leg presses more between the rake and Ryan Coe. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Ryan Coe. He's obviously a little bit thicker, um, but the rake is doing doing really well. He's on a great plan and going to continue to uh, up all of his numbers. This came up in our conversation last week, I think. Can we still call him the rake? Because he has put on some weight since last season. But he has. I think that's just a nickname that's going to stick until uh, until he really just you know tilts it and is two fifty. All right, I'm I'm totally good with that. <laughs> he agreed uh, with me for the record. The rake did. <laughs> no, Brady. I said the rake stays. Like you're the rake. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then also. Um, they wanted to know what Brady thought about um, what's going to happen more this year, a punt resulting in a touchback or more field goals missed. A punt resulting in a touchback or more field goals missed. A punt resulting in a touchback, even though that won't happen. All right. And then uh, what's going to happen more? Uh, UC punting inside the five or a 50 plus field goal made by UC. Oh, man. Uh, well, we know Coe's got the leg to do it. Sure um, does. But uh, I'd still have to say I'm going to go with the rake, punt inside the five. I mean, that guy's automatic and has only gotten better. And obviously there's no better gunners than what we have here. Um, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go with more punts inside the five. But, I mean, let's face it, we're going to break some records this year on some field goals. Are you sorry? Uh, you're okay. Uh all right, that was that was Brent's waitress apparently. <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna ask Brady this one. In your mind, what is the best NFL situation for Des to walk into and have success? As a Bengals fan, I hate it, but I think Pittsburgh might give him the best chance to grow into a very good NFL quarterback. Oh yeah, I mean, I could I could see that. Uh, I mean, great organization. Um, you know, not gonna ask too much of you and come in and save the franchise, nothing like that, but. Uh, What's the best NFL situation for Des? <laughs> Anyone that takes him, because let's face it, that'll be the best situation for that team. You know, getting a guy like Des of his caliber, not just what he does on the field, but everything off. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the Steelers. That's that's a good one to watch. And uh, but again, anybody that gets that guy, trust me, it's going to be more of a of a bonus for them than it is for him. Are we gonna are we gonna save this later for us or are we gonna answer this now? Um, I mean we can answer it now while it's here. I don't wanna have to hit the mailbag again. <laughs> the the answer is unfortunately the Steelers, because there's organizational stability there. Where Tomlin has never finished under five hundred. They go to the playoffs essentially every year, and look at what they did with Ben. Ben was far from a polished product when he became the cool. starting quarterback of the Steelers. 
And they leaned on their defense and they leaned on their running game and they let Ben develop. And then Ben turned into a Hall of Fame quarterback because he was allowed to progress at an adequate pace. As much as it pains me, because I hate that franchise to the core of my being, and I know Brady does too, and Aaron does too, but if you're talking about a franchise that does it right, and that's what you want for all of these guys, is to find a play. Like, I'm terrified for Sauce that he's going to end up with the Jets. (laughs) It is what it is. It's a terribly ran, ran organization. Yeah. Like, but if Dez ends up with the Steelers, you know what I'm confident in? Dez will be outstanding with the Steelers. He'll win. Because right? they'll handle it right. Like, the Falcons I have some trust in. New Orleans I have some trust in. Carolina, another name I've seen. Detroit. But Detroit, uh, they've never been good. Like, that. so I – I hate to say it. it. It's like it's like pulling a knife out of my chest saying it. But if he went to the Steelers, I'm more confident that he's going to be successful than just about anywhere else in the NFL. That I'm just st- is what it is. I'm still hopeful it's one of those wild card teams like the like the Colts, like the Titans, like New Orleans, maybe even like Miami pulls something crazy where they're like, we hate Tua, and they go after a, a, a Dez. I think that might be fun, but. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I would love nothing more for the Titans to pull the trigger on him because, hey, oh boy, he thrived. Awesome. He thrived. He thrived under Coach Vic. Go thrive under his brother, Coach Vrabel. <laughs> Fair enough. Did I tell you what Vrabel said to me uh, that day? He was he was here for pro day. Huh. I I asked him if he was if him and Vic were gonna wrestle, and he said <laughs> he said I don't wrestle, I fight, <laughs> and he just left it at that. I, I said, I, I said, are you and Vic getting on the mat? He said, I don't wrestle. I fight. Like, okay. <laughs> He'd also cut his dick off to win a Super Bowl. So whatever, you know. Um, what is Brady's favorite part of the offseason and why? Winter workouts, spring ball, higher ground, et cetera. Man, that's tough. Uh, I mean, they're all awesome. Obviously, uh, the winner is, you know, kind of special because, like I said, your team is reborn or born, you know, during that time. You got guys leaving, new guys coming in, all that stuff. Um, spring ball's good. Uh, summer's, you know, summer's great, too, because you got so much more time and it's a big buildup. You know, you know, the end site or the end game is, you know, playing football games on Saturday. Uh, higher grounds, obviously, unbelievable because of just the hospitality, the food, the treatment, all that stuff. Um, but I would give a, a, a niche to maybe winter workouts just because of, you know, building the team off of what you just did and, you know, kind of re- revamping everything up. Okay. Um, well, what do you like more? What do you like more, Skyline Chili or Crawfish? Crawfish. Oh, that's not the answer today, Brady. I'm sorry. I do though. Crawfish is delicious. Skyline chili is good too. But if I'm, you know, hey, nothing wrong with some good crawfish. You got to be huh? down south to get it though. Sometimes you have to come home for skyline chili. That's true. It's true. Or maybe you can bring home some crawfish with you when you come back home for some skyline chili. Or maybe skyline chili says, "Hey, 
we're going to make a new crawfish chili dog. Ooh. I don't know what I would. That sounds terrible. I'm in. I'm in. Little etouffee from Skyline. I'm in. That's right. Um, some of the questions from the chat here, as those are, I think, the only questions really directed your way from the uh, the mailbag, Brady. Um, any chance we see another uh, jersey helmet throwback game in the foreseeable future? Oh boy, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe. And then also, uh, what's your favorite dish at Higher Ground? Oh, man. Uh, Monterey Jack chicken sandwiches. Man, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. I heard, that's I heard the taco bar is fantastic. Taco bar is good. You know what? Their fish is really good. They do a good, the catfish. They do a fried catfish. That's Yeah, that's right. I have had that once. It is very good. Yeah. What about the smoothie bar? Oh, that's always awesome. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. <laughs> and it's not just smoothies, it's milkshakes as well. Brady, um, the question uh, I wanted to ask, though, was uh, when it came to the Ryan Coe, Mason Flesher question, what, like, what's your angle for kickers? Do they kind of, like, go off to themselves and, and work on more specified training pieces? Or, because, I mean, I, like you said, Coe, that guy. It's it's hard to miss not seeing that boot that he has, and then he's got a great frame on the rest of his body. Like, what's kind of your game plan with kickers and punters when they come in? Uh, I mean, you know, I I was even talking to him today, and it was like, hey man, I'm like, I I just want you healthy. I want you feeling great every single day. I'm like, you know, we're gonna train the shit out of you, gonna build you, get you stronger, all that stuff. But like, you know, if if back squatting bothers you or this exercise bothers you, I'm like you can let us know because, you know, I want to, I want to take care of you. And there's, trust me, there's not just this way to do something. We have a plethora of, you know, accessories and machines or we're all very smart and we know what we're doing. Like we can do a ton of things. And he was like, no, I'm good coach. I want to do everything. And I love that because that's what we pride ourselves on. If you come into a workout and you look around the room, everybody's doing everything, you know, now maybe someone needs to be modified or they got to do this a little bit differently. No big deal. They're still training hard still getting after it but uh no i mean we treat those guys just like we do anybody else but um you know again if if need be if any modifications need to be made we'll take care of them because i'm not sure that we're going to talk again before the nfl draft two thursdays from now how many bearcats are getting their name called in seven rounds in seven in seven uh nine nine okay i agree I also agree, especially with how much publicity Two has been around. Curtis Brooks' name is everywhere right now, rounding out that list, and I love it. I think massive snub in. from the combine. Two in the first. I agree. Round. Sauce and Dez go in the first. Yep. And Alec isn't far behind. Nope. No. And then and then Darian Beavers is like the guy that like I feel like has not really had much mention outside of you know past the combine and the pro day. I feel like. He's going to be one that might sneak in, yeah, sneak into an upper round as well. Kobe. Kobe stands out, too. Um, Cook, it's unfortunate he hasn't been able to do anything like that. I I think at some point that's going to impact some of his positioning a little bit because not because I think he's going to slide, but because I think if he would have worked out and been able to to be Brian Cook, he would have risen substantially yeah no it's funny i was talking with uh i was talking with ahmad 
uh, Jerome Ford and Michael Young today when they were working out. And I was just like, it, it, I mean, it's funny. It's a business, right? Like everybody wants yeah. you to fall. They want you to slide because right. they want that value to get you. And then they have more value to get someone else. Like, right. and it's just, you know, again, um, but uh, yeah, for sure. Nine guys, two guys in the first round. Okay. Anything else you fellas got? Nope. I'm good. No, just uh, Brady Collins, the man. Phenomenal. He was he was fired up when I hit him with the text today. Like he was waiting for me to text to be on the well, show tonight. Because we told him, yeah, we told him when we saw him at the spring game we were going to do this tonight. So yeah. Well, I wasn't there. I didn't know. I, I told you. I even oh, called and told you after the fact. And then, well, and then of course, I had I, a lot going on. We're like Brady Touché. when he, when he coming on. He's like, I don't know. Maybe this week. Maybe next week. Maybe every week. And I, said, <laughs> I said, All right, lock in the every week. Then let's go. I just hugged him, and then I forgot everything else that happened after that. <laughs> I know. You'll I don't get. Back, you'll be you'll be back after the draft for sure. That Monday, right? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I agree. I Is that fingernail good? Is it tasty? It does. And I don't bite my nails anymore. I just trim them. I mean, I've done a good job. Do you put that Do you put that little nail polish on it? That's what people do? It puts the lotion on the skin. Okay. Well, fair. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. I don't know that we can do any more after that, but on that note. <laughs> awesome, Brady. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Sorry if there was any background noise here, but, man, it's a uh, – Every day is a great day to be a to be a Bearcat man. So uh, you you joined us on a on another good one. So thanks for coming on, man, and uh, we'll let you go. Have a great night and have a nice little break, like you said. Good Indeed. good time to break and, and reconnect. So we'll uh, we'll see you soon. All right, man. Safe travels to you, Aaron, Chad. Talk to you boys soon, man. Appreciate you, Brady. Love you, brother. See you soon. All right. See you, see guys. you Brady. Peace. Well, he's the goat. There we go. He's a goat. Uh, I mentioned that. I mentioned that to Lance McAllister today. I said, "How many podcasts get the strength and conditioning coach on, like once, twice a month?" And the answer is none. None of them no. have that access. None. No. Right. Zero. The, well, the answer is one. This one. Well, because think about it. A, a lot of the times, it's probably the head man saying, "What are you doing? Like, like why? Why did you sure. go on this or that?" But but when the head man's behind it like that, and then of course when when Brady's the man that he is, it makes it pretty doggone easy. So that's awesome. And there's a timestamp for you. Yeah. Brought to you by none other than our good friends at Urban Artifact. And uh, I'm trying to find the Urban Artifact read. What do you got there, Aaron? I'm, I went with the gadget. It's a raspberry and blackberry Midwest fruit tart. I've got nothing, but I'll still cheers you. You're at an airport. Oh, yeah, it, it, you, you should have something. No, so so get this. I went to I went to the restaurant where where my girlfriend's at right now, and that's where it was like loud and like they were playing you know like Mexican music in the background, and then all of a sudden it was like oh I, this is a little bit too loud, and then I, I was all the way down to one bar on my phone, so I was like all right this isn't gonna work. So to much to her uh, to her dismay, I had to had to peel off and go back to where there's pretty solid connection and, and, and keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer, take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of real fruit has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters.
And Chelsea says Gadget is goat. I've been waiting on this one because it is my favorite uh, that of the of the pack that they sent. I know I'm on record saying that Keylon Ghost is my favorite. That still stands true, but this one is this one's legit. Is it raspberry and what? Raspberry and blackberry Midwest fruit tart. Sounds pretty delightful. Mm-hmm. Speaking of delightful, yeah, should we should we get back onto the Corey Connor train? Yeah, let's do this. So, enters his name into the portal. Obviously, there was some some smoke on the board leading up to it, but you know, as his name entered the portal, obviously the smoke became a blaze. And as Chad has been able to to mention throughout the day, this one this one went fast. It was a uh, it was something where the ball got rolling and kind of a snowball effect. Before you know it, one of the the best running back recruits in the country is heading to Cincinnati after one season at LSU. Obviously, the coaching change at LSU has a lot more to do with it than – I mean, obviously, it has a little bit to do with it, I mean. And then you throw in the fact that, on top of it, Corey Connor was down to UC and LSU for the most part and did end up becoming a Tiger. Coaching change there, and uh seems like the gift that keeps on giving for, for Bearcat fans – and, and Connor's back, man. It's a huge day, huge commitment. And in addition to a room that we thought had some good promise to it, but you add a piece like Corey Kiner, and it uh, it takes it to a whole new level. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just when it came down to Cincinnati and LSU as his last two choices before he eventually would choose LSU, I think that there was always – a, a hope in the the fan base here that one day we would still see him suiting up in the red and black. And it kind of became a perfect storm here with Jerome hopping and going to the NFL draft uh, with the Bearcats heading into the Big 12 with LSU having the coaching change and losing the coach that recruited Corey to go to LSU. Uh, with potentially Evan Prater with the the uh, the the mockups they had of Evan handing Corey the ball and, and from their from their recruitment yeah. right um, you know now we get to see potentially if should Evan win the job or or have a, a start at some point we may get to see them both in the backfield um, and we still get three years of Corey as opposed to you know, two or one if he were to come back later on in his career. So I'm excited. I, I don't know, just to get another Mr. Ohio here, as it's generally Ohio State who's the only one banging that drum. Um, it's, I, I don't know, just I think it's super exciting for this team. You're getting a guy that knows how to operate between the tackles in an offense that they like to run inside zone you know they like to pound the ball and wear defenses down and just make you pay um over four quarters and what, what he hit almost a 40 percent miss or a miss a broken tackle rate at lsu his freshman year it's a guy that is was able to get on the field as a true freshman at lsu he wasn't a starter he was the backup but, what, 75, almost 100 carries, 
almost 400 yards. If you can do that as a true freshman in the SEC, you're big time. Like that, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Like that's, you're in a different stratosphere. There's a reason he was a four-star recruit. To the people that were questioning things today on the board, get the get out of here. What 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 is wrong with you? To look at this kid and not be a hundred percent certain that this is a good thing for the program. Is he going to have to? Is he, are they going to hand him the starting job when he comes in? No, absolutely not. He's going to have to compete just like everybody else in this program has to compete for everything. But the running back room got significantly better today. Significantly better. That is the job of a staff in recruiting, especially in the era of the transfer portal. If you are going to go into the portal, do everything possible to make yourself significantly better. And are, Cincinnati got better today. These are his stats as I have pulled up from uh, sportsreference.com. Um, but, yeah, to go on to what you were saying, it, it is 11 games, 79 attempts, 324 yards, 4.1 average, two touchdowns, two catches, 10 yards, five per, uh, 81 total plays. And then he also returned the ball. Um, for kick and punt returns. Uh, he had two returns, uh, both kick returns, 36 yards, 18 average. So, Well, and, and on top of it, you've got to remember, this is an LSU team that is not the same, you know, NCAA winners or, or going to compete for the college football playoff every single year type situation that he was thrust into. It was a one that had some chaos with the coaching staff. One that had yeah, but the, the chaos didn't wasn't talent like talent. Oh was no, not no, oh, no, no, no. I'm you just saying, saying. Yeah, no. I, but but I'm saying it's it's more of like like I see what you're saying on the board and different people saying, well, you know, this, that, and the other about you're adding Corey Kiner. Where if he would have committed out of high school, it's it would have been the same craze and lore as when you know Evan Prater committed and when any big local talent in basketball commits like this is it's massive and like you said when it comes to the transfer portal when when it comes to this time in college sports you got to be able to build relationships and then somehow be able to keep that relationship or at least keep your end of the bargain up where you are showing that you are a high level program and when the opportunity does present itself via the portal then you can attack and you can say hey remember us of course he remembers you Come on home and, and let's keep this thing rolling. So, I mean, this is a, it's a massive, massive day. But, Chad, I, I want to ask you if you could peel back the curtain a little bit. Not not too much, but kind of just how you were able to slowly find out about this possibly in the works. And, you know, when you saw him enter his name to the portal today and everything from there, from your point of view. Um, I mean, I, I can't get into a ton, obviously. Right. But it, it started with Mick. And, and Mick started hearing some rumblings in the middle of last week that, that this was something that might be happening, that the, the portal was something that might be being considered here. Um, and I worked in conjunction with Mick. Uh, Mick was working his contacts in the recruiting world um, and kind of continued to hear smoke growing and, and becoming more prominent. Um 
and then by we by the time we got to late last week into the weekend, it felt like there was a pretty good chance that he was going into the portal with his personal of in, intention of coming home. Um, I, I don't think there was much thought given to anything, but if I'm going into the portal, I want to come home to Cincinnati. Um, now, if you're Cincinnati, you get nervous. Like his name goes in the portal. All right. You know, you know, things are going to blow up. You know, everybody's going to start calling. Um, you know, everybody's going to, going to, you know, want to jump in on this one because of, his talent level and what he was able to show as a, as a freshman. But um, the, the plan from Kiner's side of things held very true to what Nick started hearing. And then I started hearing uh, last week. So uh, on the Bearcat journal side, the credit goes to Mick because Mick has those relationships in the recruiting circles around Ohio. And uh it, it worked out. It was uh, it was a, a great lead from him. And then as you followed the lead and, and continued making sure that you're getting the right information from where you need to get the right information from, uh, the, the noise was very loud by Friday. Um, and it just became a matter of when the LSU compliance department was going to going to file the paperwork for Corey to go into the portal. And that happened today. And uh, like, I know tampering, da, 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 blah, blah, blah. Everybody's talking about the thing with this one is Corey Kiner went in the portal with the intention of coming home. It it was just a matter of Cincinnati. Will you take like, you know, are you down for what I'm down for? And I think that speaks a million miles to Luke Fickle and his staff and the relationships that they build and the ability that they have to not burn bridges. Now uh, there are kids, obviously the bridges have been burned and bad decisions have been made. And, you know, this kid's not coming back, but if you look at it more often than not, when these local kids go away somewhere else, that door is left open. That's the new age of college football. Look, We're going to handle our situation right. If you handle your situation right, even if you go somewhere else and down the road, we are led back towards each other. Like we're going to have that relationship and that relationship is still going to be solid. And you're going to know what we're really about. And we're not going to blow smoke up your ass. And we're not going to tell you what you want to hear just for the sake of telling you what you want to hear. So that when things come back around, because in college sports now, guess what? Things are coming back around a hell of a lot more often than they used to, right? Yeah. This is a situation where you have to tip your cap to Luke Fickle and the culture and the staff and everything he's put in place here, Aaron, because this doesn't happen if you're not about the right things to begin with, right? Right. So I guess I want to go back to what would the downside of Corey Kiner coming back home be? Because he was well, a top, maybe, well, he was I a mean, top one. No, I, I, I just mean from the side of people on the boards. Because I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. You have a top 160 kid in his class, who has these homegrown ties. He was a Mister Ohio, and you have a room right now. That's not a knock on the kids in the running back room currently, because 
again, Brady even just got done saying he's been very impressed with what the running back room has been doing this spring. It's a simple matter of fact that no one has really separated themselves right now as the guy. So why wouldn't you want to beef up that room with a guy at Corey Kiner's level? I just don't understand what the downside could be. Right. Like, do you bring Corey Kiner in if Jerome Ford is your no. lead back? I don't think Maybe, but it's it's a different conversation, right? Sure. Like, like expectations here is our would lead be back. Right. Expectations would be completely different on both sides. Right. But that's that's why you hire a coaching staff that's straightforward, that's straight up, that 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 puts it on the table and lets you know this is where things stand. Um I know from what I've heard, this was contingent on after Corey entered the portal. He had a conversation with Luke Fickle. There was not a conversation with Luke Fickle before he was in the portal. And after that conversation, we got an announcement. Like the kid wanted to come home. That's what he wanted. And in large part, that never happens if he goes to LSU with a bad taste in his mouth about Cincinnati, right? No. Because Cincinnati got got jilted lover syndrome or – Or vice versa. You know, well, yeah, but, I mean, I'm talking about from Corey's part. Okay. Like, you know, he went into the portal with singular focus on I'm going home. Yeah. That doesn't happen if Cincinnati doesn't do things the right way as he was being recruited. And – you just have to hope a kid doesn't get annoyed when you send him 513 uh, recruiting uh, mailers in one fell swoop when he was recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good number. Uh, so a couple of things on this, obviously. When when he put his name into the portal, every national media pundit did did a quick story about it. You know, yeah, that's LSU, how good he is. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, he was having a good spring. Like, you go on the LSU board, you go on LSU's Twitter, they're all talking about how excited they were and how promising Corey looked this entire spring and how excited they were to see his growth starting this season. So this is – and, of course, in the in the day and age of college sports, he, he's eligible next year. That's another massive thing. Uh, but and then I always think back even more about what, what Coach Mike Cummings has been able to do with offensive lines, with the ability to really run the football. Think about what Corey behind an offensive line with with Cummings in it in year two, year three, with also these other younger running backs. Man, it's just it adds to the excitement that's already been brewing. Well, and how much more, how, how much more excited is Corey? And I, well, I guess we'll find out to be under Gino than the former UC offensive coordinator. Chelsea uh, couldn't be ignored. Chelsea, how good was Montgomery in spring ball? Uh, Ryan Montgomery was limited in spring ball. Uh, he had some offseason work done. Um, so he was uh, he was limited. Uh, Miles Montgomery was very good. So that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out because I think you're very comfortable with like Ryan Montgomery as a, as a punt returner. Number two back, guy that can spell your starter, give you quality reps, um, and be reliable. I thought throughout the spring, and I talked about this, that that Miles Montgomery was was the most complete back 
that was in the competition that we saw. I don't It'll even be interesting. I don't think that's even arguable, if I'm being honest. Well, yeah. I mean, anything. Are you a member of Bearcat Journal? Anything is arguable. <laughs> We're arguing whether or not Corey Kiner was a good addition to that <laughs> on the message board. <laughs> anything is arguable. Ugh. Um, I, I'm I'm interested to see if this accelerates Kiner and Miles Montgomery going head to head and like, all right, the chips are on the table, right? Like. Now the chips are on the table. Let's see who's 1A, who's 1B. Like that's, and you have to wonder. Does Ethan uh, Wright move? Is Ethan Wright looking at things from the other side of the line of scrimmage? He doesn't want to, but. <laughs> I mean, that's the funniest thing, because that's always what Luke brings up, and it mainly seems as if it's like somewhat in jest, but also somewhat ha-ha, like yeah, serious. Funny, right? right, right. But, I mean, why not? I mean, Ethan's just an absolute freak athlete, and you can tell yeah. by the way he runs the football. He's also a guy that likes to hit as well, and you can tell that by the way he runs the football. So, yeah, like you said, man, it's just whenever you can bring competition in, it, it's like when Ben came back, you know. Did did Evan cower down and, and decide to transfer? No. He, he said this is a competition. We're going to build each other up as we continue to see who can, you know, come out on top and, and be teammates in the process. So I – I, I see absolutely zero reason to ever consider any downfall or any bad side to this. It's a massive day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat fan and and a part of the of the program. It's just it's a huge huge addition and well, uh, man, it's say, awesome. And you say that, Brent, and I think we've even seen in in some of the recent tweets from players this iron sharpens iron mantra is extending outside of the locker room. It's out extending outside of the weight room like we're seeing it in in actual tweets from players we're hearing it in the interviews that we did after the spring game like this isn't just guys saying things like this is becoming the mindset here yeah and on top of it it's it's all because of it goes back to the coach and goes back to everyone buying into the culture and you Mm -hmm. heard brady talk about it how how all these guys came in transfers and they didn't have this high and mighty thought about themselves. They immediately came in, wanted to work, wanted to be a Bearcat, wanted to compete. So, and I mean, if well, there's anyone good. That's where culture is, is real. Because if your culture is set that way, the incoming player doesn't have a choice, right? You get in line or you get left behind. If you're going to come into this culture and think you're going to coast, and make it, you are dead wrong. You have no chance. So that's where that comes from. That's why you work so hard to build the culture that they built. Is because now the locker room polices itself, right? Well, I think we heard that when Brady said Nick Martiner came in, has never worked this hard in his life and is asking for more. Like, right. How many programs are able to say that? So usually, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead. Well, well, no, I, I'll let you touch on that. But I was going to also equate something as well. We we all know how big of a recruit Corey Kiner was, but no, you got to think as well how many players there are to recruit on the football side, and what this level of a commitment would equate to on like the basketball side, where you could get into the numbers game if you really want to dive that deep into it. I I mean, it's just it is laughable to ever come out of this day and this event as anything other than like 
you should be dancing in the streets getting ready for another step to becoming a top 10 program because now Corey Kiner decides to come here. Well, maybe he talks to some other top five guys in the state of Ohio in the future and they say, hey, man, I went to these quote-unquote blue blood big-time football programs and I'm telling you, you can do everything here at Cincinnati as as they try to do there. So he would have been the highest me from the beginning. Yeah, he, he would have been the highest rated recruit ever in Cincinnati's history by the composite. Yeah. Yes. Yep, that's absolutely correct. I, it's it's a big day, man, because it 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 changes the offense completely in terms of you're now going into battle with a quote unquote, a new quarterback with what you know is a dog, right? I think my miles Montgomery is going to be really good. I, I genuinely believe that, but I feel a lot better about things knowing Corey Kiner's also in that room as you head to Arkansas, because what had to happen against UCLA to start the Des Ritter era, Mike, Mike Warren. Warren carried the ball like 40 times that game in, in LA, right? And you had to rely on Mike Warren to pick up a fourth and one, fourth and two. That's where you right. really started to establish yourself as we're going for it. Uh, Jason says it's like getting Rayvon on, on the basketball side. It's like if Rayvon went to Kentucky for a year and was like a solid rotational piece at Kentucky for that year and then came home. That's what it that's what it's like. Because then yeah. you've proven it yeah. at the absolute highest level of the sport, right? Like, there's no question now as to, is Corey Kiner a productive college running back? The answer is yes. We'll find out how good in a couple months. But you now have a known commodity, a proven commodity. What do we know of Jerome Ford? Nick Saban liked him enough to give him the ball some at Alabama. Did he become their number one guy? No. But he started a game for Alabama. You don't start at running back for Alabama if Nick Saban doesn't think you're a good running back. And we've now seen that. We've now seen that with Corey Kiner at LSU. It's no longer in question, like, how how capable is Corey Kiner of being a – power five, you know, high major, whatever moniker you want to use running back. That is stamped. And now we get to see how good he can be at Cincinnati. And also it's like Rayvon Griffith going to Kentucky and getting the fan base behind him and being excited for what he's going to be there as a wildcat, you know, just so many different things to consider. And so, man, it's a, it's awesome. Because, like you it's said, it's a big day. It's a, it's big, a day. big day. It's a big day. Um, I don't start hyping up stuff three days, four days in advance unless I know it's a major bombshell. Like, I don't do that because then, like, you know, you drop something and then people are like, oh, eh, that wasn't that wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Come on, Chad. You can't start <laughs> building stuff up for three days and then, you know, hit us with a. Uh, low three-star commitment. Like, that's that's not how this works. I understand the game. I know how this works. And Corey Kiner was one that, look, I couldn't say it. I couldn't come right out and say it. But it was worth letting people know a couple days in advance that, like, something big is bubbling. And 
today it it exploded bubbled over that it did well should we time stamp it or anything else closing in this Cincinnati got better today yeah and like, and not only uh, like and you say Cincinnati got better but remember this is top 10 Cincinnati this is a, a coach in Luke Fickle that is deciding that he's going to be here long term. And I honestly think this move bodes to that part as well. Just the fact that, you know, I'm sure Luke told Corey, Hey, I'm going to be here. Let, you know, come, let's make this special. And all of a sudden it's all coming to fruition. So it's not just Cincinnati getting better. It's a top 10 budding program taking that another step in the right direction. But the inquirer, <laughs> saying when current LSU offensive coordinator Mike Dembrock was at UC, he sought Kiner to be a hometown hero. Dembrock with an M. And boys, we them boys. Wait, was was that from a Barstool article or was that a The Inquirer? <laughs> okay. Oh. The Inquirer. Man, well. Quite a mess going on down there in Baton Rouge as well, it seems like. So um, I'm sure Kiner's happy to happy to head on back north and, and continue something special. And Mick is talking to him tomorrow. So we'll have we'll have more with quotes from Corey tomorrow on Bearcat Journal. So stay tuned for that. Timestamp, y'all. Lock it in. Let's uh Urban Artifacts celebrates their seventh anniversary this month. They have events every day from Tuesday, April 19th through Sunday, April 24th. Stop in to celebrate with some world-class fruit tarts. Swing by Urban Artifacts, Northside Taproom, mention Bearcat Journal, get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Over 10% of the fruit used in making fruit beers nationwide goes to Urban Artifact. Like the raspberries and blueberries that Aaron is drinking right now. So good. So good. So good. All right. Do we uh, do we do we basketball a little bit? There's not a lot to get to in basketball right now, so we can probably knock this out pretty quick before getting to uh, a, a pretty substantial mailbag and trying to get done before Brent gets on his plane. You know, I'm I'm gonna be honest. With you. I, th- I think that you guys will probably have to do the mailbag yourself, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's that early boarding thing where, like, you know. The flight's at 9.50, but they're boarding at 9.05. It's, it's like... That it's makes 9.07. I know. Well, but, you know, they do it by sections or whatnot, so I'm I'm good sitting back. But, Chad, I texted you after the Kalu uh, Bay commitment about how, you know, the staff continuously, you know, recruited him. All these different ties to, you know, whether it be Chad Dollar recruiting him at USF or... West going all out to try and get him to join him at UNCG. This is another one where the staff had a, a, a previous connection to a player that then hit the transfer portal. And now what you see. What, what is another what? what? Are we talking about Kalu or are we talking about something? Oh, no. I'm talking about Corey Kiner. How? Oh, okay. Staff cool. had a previous connection. And then this is kind of on the basketball side. It's just great to see both staffs having that not you know that wherewithal to make well, that's that a always priority. gonna be that's always gonna be the easiest path right is you're you're speed dating we've talked about this before you this is 
absolutely speed dating when you're trying to recruit in the transfer portal, unless you've already dated before. And if you've already dated before, like you might not have hooked up, you might not have sealed the deal, but you know each other. And there's familiarity and you have the ability to skip a lot of the, you know, it, what, what, would, what would be it? sniffing butt stage? I was going to say icebreakers, but okay. Oh man, sniffing butts. That's, uh, I guess if you're a dog. Yeah. 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 Like in dog terms. You, what did you think he was talking about, Brent? Duh. Uh, I, I don't know what the kids I'm are leaving doing from these days. Florida. <laughs> I've been married a long time. I don't know what happened while you were down in Florida with your girlfriend. Yeah. I'm what about to say. I'm talking about dogs. Dogs. <laughs> okay. Dogs. Deal. Deal. Lock um, it in. You're you're getting past that, and you're seeing that with with a couple of the the the, the names that are mentioned this week uh, around Cincinnati basketball. Rob Fennessy uh, is in town today and tomorrow. Indiana transfer. He was coached in Indiana by Mike Roberts, so there is a direct connection there. Uh, one of the other names that we saw pop up with Cincinnati uh, attached to it is Antoine Davis, who is a transfer from Detroit. Who's the head coach of Detroit? Mike Davis. Who's Antoine Davis's dad? Mike Davis. When Bob Knight left Indiana, who took over at Indiana as the head coach? Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Who played on Mike Davis's first team at Indiana? Mike Roberts. Mike Roberts. There's like that's where you have to pay attention um, on a lot of these portal things. Are there going to be some? that you're building a new relationship fast. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But those are the exception and not the rule. Generally, there's going to be somebody on your staff that recruited a kid that, that has a connection to the kid. Chad dollar, also a connection to Mike Davis. So, you know, What's the, that the answer, out of curiosity, just they've both been in basketball forever and ever and ever. And, and our acquaintances, um, it's it's just how this works, man. Like it goes back to when I I joked about like when a kid enter, enters the portal, seven generally seventy percent of the work is already done. That's because it's it's all about who are your ties to, who who do you feel comfortable with, who do you feel the most comfortable with, um, and that plays a big factor in how all of this plays out, and and you're seeing that. On the basketball side, the same as you see it on the football side with Corey Kiner, um, you know, D'Artanian Tinsley uh, had a couple connections to the program and then was also being recruited by Mike Cummings when Mike Cummings got the job. Uh, and then you'll have an exception like a Nick Mardner that, you know, I don't know that there were any connections there because he was from Canada and then he played at Hawaii. Um, so there will be outliers, but by and large, if you can, you know, if a kid hits the portal and you can trace a connection or two, then that's someone that's probably, you know, you take a little more serious than just listing every kid that's in the portal as somebody that might be of interest because the odds are much more likely it's going to be uh, Kalu Ezekpe, um that, that, you know, they almost got at UNC Greensboro as a staff. And then it comes full circle, and and now he's going to play for West Miller here at Cincinnati. Um, so, but you know where where it gets interesting, like Rob Fennessy played at Indiana, 
the last two years, Thad Mata has been an associate AD at Indiana. So he is also familiar with the player. Now you've got a like a legit like battle for the kid, right? Because you've got two programs that have a connection to him that are trying to get the job done. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting there because he just took uh, a weekend official visit to Butler. He's at Cincinnati today and tomorrow. And from my understanding, this is like, you know, things are going to probably move pretty fast this week. I would, I would be surprised if we don't have an answer by the end of the week, uh, whether it be Cincinnati or Butler uh, on that recruitment. Um, I don't have a great feel yet. I've had people, they tell me they think Butler has a slight lead. I've had people tell me they think Cincinnati has a slight lead. And those are outside sources that that aren't around either the Butler or Cincinnati program. Uh, so it's going to be whichever whichever staff does the best job of of showing him, you know, this is where you can you can try to get your uh, final stamp on your college career because he, he played four years at Indiana. This is going to be his last year of college basketball with his COVID year. Um, so whoever convinces him that they're the right fit for his final year, that's where he's going to go. I don't think it's going to take long um, after the visit ends tomorrow at Cincinnati. And another thing is all of my friends who are, are Butler fans as well, they want Rob. They want Rob pretty bad. They, you know, They say they need a point guard. They need someone that can come in and lead the team, even if it's just one year, just kind of get everything going in the right direction. So, I mean, the, the one for Rob Fennessy is big. You know, it, it goes beyond numbers and whatnot. I, I actually broadcasted his state championship that, that they played against New Albany uh, and Romeo Langford. So, a, a little blast from the past. And, and he was actually one of the better players on the court in that game as a true freshman. So, um, man, he's been around a long time, like you said. But just a, it would be a good addition, and you know I'm I'm here for it if it were to come to fruition. Uh, did I see McNeil from West Virginia as well? That he's said, coming in Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, yeah. So I, I just want to point out Brent just throwing his bona fides on the ground. I mean, it was a. Uh, That's what we do, right? Little, like, you, you got you got some credentials. You got. You put your credentials on the table sometimes. A little, a little blast from the past, man. But uh, no, yeah. So I, I mean, I just think that the the Kalu edition. You know, I'm, we didn't really talk about it on the BBP yet. It's it, his edition to me is just toughness, um, the ability to to have that that veteran leadership on you know on the post, and then of course a little added offense. He's not doesn't have the crazy height that the previous you know bigs had on the team, but. I'm I I like the addition, especially all the quotes that you know both Brett was able to get, and then you know if you go over and read Justin Williams on the Athletic, his article as well. It's just all about toughness, all about wanting to be the best player, you know, putting lofty goals for himself. I, I mean, that's what you want to have coming in, especially at the big man position, especially one that is you know trying to go out with a bang, and and his closing out of a college career. So um, I thought it was a really, really good addition there at the big man spot. Agreed. Although well, if, he does, if he does ever shave his head, he's got a nickname coming. What's that? I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Deal. Deal. Well, oh, okay. No, I, I saw your gif when it, when he committed. So <laughs> I know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> okay. Well, hey guys, um, I do have to let you know. It looks like you're gonna be doing the mailbag by yourself. Uh, That's all right, brother. We're travel we're, safe. We're boarding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This was fun. I was I was really concerned on how it was gonna go, but I I didn't think it went too bad. Made made probably for one of your better airport experiences. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Somebody I'd wanted say. to know were you were you at a destination wedding? <laughs> no, no. This one was just uh, Easter with my family. They live down here, so uh, came down. And then, of course, when when additional day brings itself on, either you can sulk and and wonder, oh, what, oh no, what am I going to do? Or you can just go back and have a are have you a in good the tunnel? Full Sunday. Are you in the tunnel? No, 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 no. If you see, okay. I, right. I when you had it turned where I just saw the wall, I was like, is he in the tunnel to go onto the plane? <laughs> no, no. It's right over there. For some reason, he's, not letting me he's looking the at screen. the he's there looking at the stewardess like he, <laughs> he he totally yeah. didn't his his flight wasn't even delayed a day. He just totally rescheduled, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, take a take a look at the prices of flights, and there's no chance I'd do that. Um, but no, I, yeah, I mean it's a it's a great day to be a Bearcat, and man, I just. I had to come on and talk about obviously the big news, and then Brady Collins is on, so got to come on for that too. Sure. Well, we appreciate your dedication, my friend. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, hop on the plane. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. See you guys. Later, man. I, I guess do we do we time 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 stamp? stamp? Yeah, time I think. stamp Brent's exit. Well, I mean, we time stamp the end of the. Are we done talking basketball, or do we need to wrap up basketball here? I mean, we can wrap it up for a second. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a, an interesting week. Uh, I think they're they're and, and Mc, Sean McNeil, who's who's going to be here Thursday. Um, that one is much more of a, a wide open contest. He's taken a couple visits. He's going to take a couple more after Cincinnati. Um, so that one's going to be a little bit more of a battle. Uh, Fenice is is a coin flip right now, as best I can tell. Like I said. I have people telling me he's he's a slight lean to Butler. I have people telling me he's a slight lean to Cincinnati. So, well, Sean McNeil's not a pressing need for this team right now, outside of the fact uh, that they, outside of the fact that they need a scorer. Correct. I mean, he scored double digit points a game in the Big Twelve for My, three years and shoots like 37, 38 percent from three. My, I guess my point is like, if you're looking for a position of need you needed a point guard you needed a big those were your positions of need you also needed and a you scorer. needed a wing score you needed a score but it didn't necessarily have to be at the two at the three at the four it needed to be one of correct yeah but there's not many wing scorers out there that have more bonafide. factual yeah. bona fide proven mm-hmm. statistics than sean McNeil. okay I, I just wanted to get my point across that no, like, I, I get your point. I'm just saying luxury need, I guess, as opposed to scoring is is never a luxury, Aaron. Okay. Did you watch this team play offense last year? <laughs> Do I at least get a touche out of that? I mean, I think that's what the eyebrow was. <laughs> <laughs> um, Antoine Davis is is interesting, and there's been some some. Well, and tell me a little uh, bit more about him. Rumbling. For, so, for, for those that don't know who Antoine Davis is, myself, um, because I don't research kids until I need to research kids. Okay, Antoine Davis uh, played at Detroit for three the past 
three years. He years, went into the portal years. what last week, right? Yeah, um, four I, four years he played at Detroit. Yeah, he averages about twenty five points a game for his career. So, would you compare him to like a Kane Broom as far as high scoring at that level? Uh, better than Kane Broom probably, but um, pull up pull up the Basketball Reference on Antoine Davis. Okay. Um, he is high volume for his career, Aaron. He has averaged about 20 shots a game, generally 10 twos a game, 10 threes a game. He's a little on the smaller side. He's about six one. Um, he's about a 37% career three point shooter on like 300 threes a season. And he takes some tough ones. He makes a lot of tough ones. He's a little bit of a liability on defense. Um, so I think he would fit more in that luxury uh, category than like a fantasy. But bona fide score. I mean, bona fide score. Think um, some Kendrick Davis maybe to his game. In terms of being a little undersized. But here are the numbers. Average. Average. 24.6 points a game. So you do that over 111 games. He's scored a lot of bleeping points in college, Aaron. I can do that math for you. Okay. It's a lot. He's on pace to be a top 10 scorer in the history of college basketball. So there are connections there, as we have talked about. That's roughly 2,730 points. It's a lot of points. He's going to be a 3,000, you know, all, you know, it, granted, he's going to get a year, a fifth year that nobody got, uh, or, or most people don't get, but he's going to surpass a 3,000 point mark as, as a college score. That's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so there's been a lot of questions on Rothstein reported. He was, he was going to take an unofficial visit to Cincinnati. He was planning a couple officials. He's going to take an unofficial to Cincinnati. Let's discuss that. The only difference between the, the major difference between an unofficial visit and an official visit is who pays. On an official visit, the school pays. On an unofficial visit, the player, or obviously the parents, pay. Mike Davis isn't hurting for money. Mike Davis has been a head coach in college basketball for a long time. They're in Detroit. If they want to come down and pay for lunch and potentially pay for dinner and maybe even a hotel room if things get wild... It's going to be okay, right? Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. They're they're not they're not uh and and they're not coming from California. Even if they were coming from Texas or California, I'm pretty sure Mike Davis could afford that plane flight. I think he would be okay. So that's the big difference is who's paying the tab. This tab will be on Mike Davis for his son Antoine to come down. Uh I wouldn't sweat 
the difference between is he taking an official or unofficial? What I would sweat is uh, Mike Davis did an interview and said they're looking at 500000 to a million in NIL. Mm-hmm. I would sweat that. <laughs> because I, I, I don't know that Cincinnati has that for an Antoine Davis. Or anyone right now. Yeah, right now. Right. So that's what I would sweat. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of covers basketball recruiting okay. for now. Very good. Uh, that is another urban artifact timestamp. Urban artifact is the largest sour only brewery in the U S they pack over 700,000 pounds of fruit, real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by urban artifacts, North side tap room, mention Bearcat journal, get $2 off a flight of four tasters. It is now time for the mailbag. Sure. As soon as I finish typing up the uh, the timestamp here. Okay. Bird. All right. First question in the mailbag. Um, <laughs> so we already went over UC Merck's questions with Brady. Uh, I know this is a question we continue to get, I feel like, every week, every other week. Um, With spring ball now complete, what is our current scholarship number? Assuming we have room, do you see us looking to add any transfers before next season, and what are the targeted positions? Hopefully, Kiner's the guy at running back, so asking more for the other positions slash area of need. For example, offensive tackle, edge, safety, maybe. We've talked about this. I think the two positions that we, we we talked about it as three positions last week. Uh, the two positions I think you you would keep an eye on are edge rusher and corner um, boundary. You know, bona fide higher end corner. I don't think that room has got enough talent. I don't think you need to bring a mid level guy into the cornerback room, right? But if you could get a top end guy. Um, I think that would would be there. Uh, scholarship number is tight. I don't, uh, Ryan. It, it, I don't know if you're new or not. We don't. It's it, it it's it's fluid, right? The only time it's not fluid is if I tell you guys that they are at the limit. If I tell you guys they're at the limit, then like last year, you know, last year they hit the limit, and I had to tell everybody there's no more room at the end. Nobody else is coming. And then everybody, a player would go in the transfer portal and they would be like, Chad, please. And I'll be like, there's, no, they can't. There's no more. We're not at that point yet. If we get to that point, I'll let you know. Um, But so kind of to double up on this question, though, I guess. Last year, were they full at this point where they couldn't take a guy in, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. So that's kind. Of, I mean, that kind of gives you the flexibility of making a Corey Kiner type move right now because right. they they planned ahead to have this type of flexibility in this type of a position. Well, and they also the NCAA allowed you seven extra uh, spots for players that have transferred out, up to seven extra spots for players that have transferred out. It just had to jive with your eighty-five. Um, I think they're pretty close to the 85, maybe one or two spots over. 
but it's at the end of spring. Like that stuff works itself out with medical DQs and, you know, guys kind of seeing the writing on the wall in terms of their position uh, on the depth chart. So they're right around the scholarship number right now. Um, I really could only see positions, uh, addition positions at cornerback and edge rusher uh, if they found absolutely a home run solution. All right. Um, when is the latest a player can enter the portal without having to apply for a waiver to avoid sitting out a year? I don't think there's a date in football. Okay. There's a date. There's a, there's like an end date in basketball, basketball, oh. May 1st. Right. If you haven't entered the portal by May 1st, you lose the ability to skip your sit out year. If there's a, uh, a hard and fast date on that in football, I've not heard it. Okay. Uh, in your mind, what is the best NFL situation? We did talk about that. Uh, we actually went yeah, we in full that. detail with that. Um, Kiner possibly committing to the Bearcats give anyone else a full job or just me? Just you. Just you. Uh, what is <laughs> what is Brady's favorite part of the offseason and why? We did do that. Sorry, this is me working through this. Real time with Brady. Uh, the kid with UC and Butler in his top will be committing shortly, but with ba basketball and football transfer portals heating up, who could be committing soon for basketball and football? We've covered basketball. Corey Kiner. All right. Let me go with uh, Corey Kiner. How many spots are left for transfers for football and basketball? Basketball has two open scholarships. Okay. Football, flip a coin. Uh, sounds like Kiner will be in the fold before you record this. If so, what kind of ripple effect, if any, do we see in the running back room? Is this a move that finally pushes Ethan right to safety? And then we kind of had a conversation about this question. I don't know. I, I don't, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta wonder about Miles Montgomery a little bit. I, I think wonder if anybody right. in that pecking order, right? I mean, essentially yeah. if, if anybody feels slighted at that point. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's a very interesting question um, that I don't have an answer to yet because, like I said, all of this happened pretty fast. So, between between Ryan Montgomery, Miles Montgomery, Ethan Wright, even Stephen Bird, I don't know that you can necessarily rule out anybody from feeling slighted right now. Stephen Bird just got hit. Like, I, I understand, but, I mean, perhaps you were told one thing upon your recruitment, and now you got a guy with three years of eligibility in front of you. I don't know. I think this is an important question. <laughs> ah, Aaron, I know Kiner can run, but how do his ankles look to you? I mean, I haven't seen him on the field yet. We'll see. Are you going to do an ankle report? <laughs> TBD. When you see him? TBD. Okay. I'm a calf guy, man. Come on. Because I don't have them. Um, any other players in the portal we might be looking at? Currently, um, no. These are a lot of kind of the same question reworded. Um, is there any conceivable way Prater and Kiner don't rush for a combined 4,000 yards next year? Yeah, uh, Ben Bryant being the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, that's the, But still, that's, maybe maybe you run a, a three-back system. with 4,000 yards? It's facetious, Aaron. He's joking. He might be able to do it if he's a starter. Maybe. I think he'll throw the ball more than being able to rush for, you know, the 1,700 yards you needed after Corey gets 2,300. 
We'll see. <laughs> uh, any chance if some of the new members of the coaching staff, guys like Cummings and Ross, could be persuaded to do a get-to-know-you interview on upcoming podcasts? Possibly. Uh, I'm not going to rule it out. I think we have probably a better chance with Walt. <laughs> I think we could get Walt. Uh, I think we could get Cummings. I think Cummings would do it. I haven't personally met Ross yet. Um, by the time he got here, Kelly was doing her in and out of the hospital and, you know, You've been family busy. stuff. And, yeah. So I don't – I haven't met Ross yet, um, but as soon as I can, I will. All right. Uh, can you give your updated status and depth and balance of the skill rooms? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, I'm going to do articles on – a post-spring article on all the different position groups as we go through uh, the coming weeks. So look forward to that. Hurry up and wait. All right, moving on to the basketball portion. Um, this actually was in the basketball portion, but it is still part of the football portion. Um, I think they just hit the wrong mailbag. Uh, ignore this if it's been talked about, but do you guys see a major di- any major differences in Geno's offense versus years past? Looks pretty similar. Um, I think we've seen a little bit more tight end uh, than we did last year, but we saw more tight end. Uh, last spring than we saw last season. So that'll just be a matter of, you know, does it translate, does what they practice translate into what we see on the field? Um, but other than that, I mean, they're they're pretty similar so far. Uh, other than, you know, obviously you're going to have less uh, checks and audibles and decisions made at the line of scrimmage right now as you work in somebody that's not Desmond Ritter that ran the offense for four years, right? Right. Um, but I, it doesn't – it looks still like a lot of inside zone. Um, pushing the ball downfield to guys like Tyler Scott and Nick Mardner, um, using the tight ends uh, both over the middle and down the seam. Um I don't see a ton of difference yet. No, I mean, it's still going to be, from the looks of it, a very NFL-style offense. You know, it, it, they're, not, they're not switching to the K-gun or the, you know, the, the run and shoot or, you know, whatever you want to call the, the air raid, I guess, is the big thing in college now. Took me a minute to remember it, so I had to go to some old stuff. Uh, but... You get my picture. You're muted. I don't know why I did that. I have no idea. I didn't even hit that button. Um, basketball portion of the mailbag now. Uh, do we have something in the NIL for Antoine Davis? In my opinion, he could be the difference in winning the league or not. That's how good he is. Number 17 in the transfer rankings. I don't see five players better than him. Watched him closely the last few years. He is something else and should be a priority. I mean, I think the the concerns would be uh, defense in the American is, you know, defending in the American is a lot different from the horizon. Um, He would have to, I think, I think he could handle that. I think he would have to get a little bigger. I think he'd have to get up around 175, 180. Um, And then uh, he's, 
he shoots almost the same percentage as two from two as he does three. And that would come with strength, right? Yeah. Um, he would need to get a little bit stronger to finish at the rim in the American than he was in the horizon. But boy, when he gets hot, watch out. I mean, you're talking 10 threes a game at 37, 38%. So the guy's averaging four threes a game. Think about that. That'd be fun. Yep. Uh, What insight can you share? And I know we talked about this a little bit. Um, to Antoine Davis taking officials versus unofficial visits and why is UC's unofficial? Is there a limit to portal players in official versus unofficial visits? What won't he see or be able to do while in town unofficially? Thanks. So this is kind of mutual from what I've gathered. Um, UC has a limit that they can – it's not a portal limit. It's a limit in general on official visits you can use. Player has – limit on official visits they can use and since he's just in detroit it made sense for both sides to save a visit and just have him come down with his dad and his dad covers the cost of dinner and lunch and dinner for him and his kid in a hotel if they need one or whatever the case may be right um that's that's the biggest difference and that's it's remember like i said mike roberts played for mike davis like, they have a great relationship. Um, I think both sides just agreed. Like, we have the wherewithal and the means to to do this uh, without costing either side on that ledger. Um, so they're going to do it that way. And you don't believe this just to be like a courtesy because of that relationship? No. I mean, it, it, there's serious interest. Now, if it really comes down to NIL, then he's probably going to go somewhere else. Like, I think that's the reality of the situation. Understandable. Uh, what are the chances of getting Rayvon and Collier in the 23 class? Thanks. Sorry. Both of them, uh, 27.4%. <laughs> because getting both of them is, is unlikely. Like, that's, that's the reality of the situation. Well, I would think now, they're, both, they're both looking for an NIL deal. I mean, let's call it spade a spade. But, 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 but if you get Rayvon in two weeks, right? If you get Rayvon in two weeks, then the only thing you need is Collier. So then the odds go up. But it's like any, like, a you know, a parlay. The odds are lower on a parlay, right? Yeah. Because getting two things to happen is much more unlikely than getting one thing to happen. I mean, if you're saying 27% though for two guys of that, that of that stature, whew, it's pretty good. Whew. It's pretty good. Brent's but I know here. people are going to hear that and go, "Oh, it's over. We're not." But they don't understand how odds work. Brent's not here to make his little owl noise, but like I said, whoo, whoo, whoo. Any update on the recruitment of Wesley Tubbs? Seems like UC slash West have been involved with him for quite a while, but I haven't heard much as of late. I haven't heard his name much as of late either. Hopefully I will see him this weekend uh, at EYBL and I will report back on what I hear. Are you, um, an, are you an either guy or an either guy or does it depend? Probably depends. Okay. I don't know. I didn't think I was an Adonis guy at all. And apparently like, there's like 20 <laughs> people that remember I called somebody an Adonis. <laughs> Jack Tingle. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, plan a flag, fellas. Which happens first? An official announcement of UC to the Big 12 for the 23-24 season 
or an official announcement of return to a beloved apparel relationship from days of yore? Uh, the Big 12 thing for sure. Like, I, th- I think you have to have one to get the other. No. Right? No, no? You, don't. you don't think so? Because I, I think to get the... I think to get the endorsement with um, Jordan brand per se, I think you have to have that, that big 12 done deal. They're already going to the big 12 done deal. My point is why would you spend money on all of the, the moving of the like apparel, um, like to, to purchase all this new apparel for all of your sports and all of that. You're making stuff up in your head. That no, what matter. do you mean? Like, you're making stuff up in your head that doesn't matter. That's what I mean. That's not going to matter. If they're going to sign with Jordan, they're going to sign with Jordan. It has nothing to do with the Big 12. Just saying there's a lot more money available once you're signed on that dotted line. Jordan doesn't pay you any money. Right. But how much more would you have to spend in ordering all that new apparel? None because to using you get what... it like you you negotiate. This is how much. That's what the deal will be. This is what we need in apparel, and Jordan agrees to it, and then it's, a, it's that's about it. Like there's there's no the way Jordan does thing. There's no like UC got two and a half million dollars for apparel from Under Armour, and then on top of that they got two and a half million dollars from cash. That cash. If you do Jordan, it's out. It doesn't is, matter where you're. Is at. there a percentage that you get on apparel, or is that? I'm sure there's something to use the logo. I would think, but it's a kind of a. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You just have a you just have a fan understanding of like how that side of it works. It's it's a business deal. <laughs> they have. I, I'm not saying you should have my understanding of it. Yeah. I've been dealing with this crap for 16 years. That's not your fault. They have basically a guaranteed deal with Under Armour until 2024. I don't, unless something crazy comes along that blows them away and they jump on it, I don't think that you'll see them sign with anybody new until 2024. They'll be in the Big 12 in 2023. So for the sake of this question, I'd say 95% the announcement for the big, because then you're just talking about the announcement. I think that announcement's coming this summer because you need a year runway scheduling and everything else. Yeah. They're not going to announce in January of 2023 <laughs> that we're moving to the big 12 in June. Right before the season starts. Yeah. Right. Like that, that's yeah. not how it's going to work. We're, I think we'll hear something this summer that the teams of, you know, UC Houston, UCF have reached an agreement. And that they'll be moving to the Big 12 in 2023. I don't think we'll see an apparel deal until 2024, late 2023, early 2024. How long after the Big 12 announcement do you see the end of the Miami University football scheduling? Never. Gross. I don't think it'll ever end. From the May to 80s until now, who was the best leader at the guard position and who in the 22 and 23 class would be the most comparable of who we are recruiting? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't on the teams. I don't know who led, but, you know. And I didn't cover the teams until 2006. All right, so even if we started in the 90s, I mean, you watched, Nick? You watched like Van Exel. I mean, I watched, but I was like 14 years old. 
okay. Then even going to the 2000s, you watched Logan. You you know you watched. No, but no. I, that's not what I was watching. I was okay. watching the games as a fan. I wasn't watching like I wasn't paying attention to who had control of the locker room. I mean, I guess Nick, like the, those guys talk in very high regard about Nick and the way he handled himself. Um, I thought Troy had great leadership qualities. I thought Cash had really good leadership qualities. Um, so who would be I, most comparable of, of a leader as to know. who we're recruiting? I know you guys like come I'm, up with these questions in your I'm, brain, but I I'm don't trying know to make this answer. easier for you too. <laughs> I, I know, like I don't know the answer, like that you're looking for. Like I, I don't have a good answer. Well, then you'll love this question: Who will make it to the 1,000 Club at UC next year? I mean, JD, is, JD has, JD has 7:34 and 2:66 to go. DDJ has 6:53 and 3:47 to go. And. Micah Adams Woods has 627 and 373 to go. I can't believe Micah Adams Woods is that high on that list, if I'm being honest. I mean, he's played. I mean, he the 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 thing to get you to a thousand for most guys is playing relevant minutes as a freshman. And Micah did that, right? So that's how you kind of like move yourself up the list to get somebody to unexpectedly say you know, oh my God, I didn't realize he was that close. Um, I mean, the answer is going to probably be JD. Probably. Um, Dave would have to score a pretty significant amount more than JD over that whatever that first stretch of like 10, 15 games would look like. 20 games, I guess, in this, you know, to, to yeah, overtake let's, him. Let's say it's 20 games, right? And over that 20 games... Davenport only has to get 13.3 a game, which is roughly what he averages, if I'm not mistaken. It's right around there. Yeah. Not too far off. Right. Whereas over 20 games, Davenport would have to average 17, and I don't Dave. think there's a shot in hell that Davenport averages 17 Dave. without another – yeah, I'm sorry, Dave, without without, or without having a another scorer on this team, period. Yeah, I mean, but what it would – like. So it would take Jeremiah averaging like 11 and Dave averaging like 18 to for Dave first. to pass yeah. him by like yeah. the 20 game mark. Yeah. I don't think that's likely. Even, so even, I, I, I even looking at JD. Well, and even looking at cupcake games, if they indeed have a cupcake schedule again in the out of conference. Yeah. That'd still be quite a, a feat. You're asking over the first 20, roughly 20, 25 games for Dave to average like 20, seven points a game more than Jeremiah. Yeah. And for I, Dave to pass him. I don't see that. I, I don't see that. Maybe right. it happens. I, I just don't see it. Now, these, these type of questions I love because you can quantify these with like breaking down actual stuff, right? Like. Chelsea, you're not going to slap me. Well, you might slap me. That's fair. She would slap me. I don't know how hard she can slap anymore. All, all, se- slap all 70 pounds coming in behind that slap. Right. Um, what is I'll your favorite? JD. I will also. Uh, what's your favorite obscure statistic you like to look at when evaluating a player? 
it's not I, I I'm not a statistics statistics guy. Obviously because in AAU there's not many statistics. I test. It's not really I I test yes, but it's different. Because it's not just like you know, is this dude making shots? It's more you spend enough time sitting with coaches, you start to watch what they watch, right? How's he interacting with his teammates? How is he handling games that he doesn't play well? Because you're, you're you know, it's AAU, you're always, you watch so many games. You watch a kid play four or five times a weekend, you're inevitably going to see a game where he doesn't play at his absolute best, yeah. right? So how does that kid handle himself in those situations and why? Like I thought the Sunday game for Rayvon last weekend, they had played, so they played a game on Friday, two games on Saturday. One of the games was late Saturday night and they played three overtimes. I thought Sunday he was tired and I didn't love his body language on Sunday because I could tell physically he was tired. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but Makes some sense. of that is human nature, right? Yeah. Um, but you're watching like, okay, how does he fight through it? And is like, is he, is he doing what he can to fight through it? And I thought he was, and it ended up being a game against a really good team from out in LA. It has a bunch of high major talent and he helped lead his team to a win in a game that coming off a triple overtime loss, would have been easy for his team to just kind of bag it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's getaway day. We're about to go home. Um, like, let's let's put this to rest. Let's put this to bed. Let's get the hell out of here. And he didn't really do that. So um, stuff like that. Like, you know, what's his body language when, when his shot's not falling? Does he let it affect his defense? Um, how is he rebounding? you know, in these situations where nobody's watching? Is he just kind of standing around and if the ball comes to him, he'll get it? Or is he fighting? Um, stuff like that is like when you're evaluating, you kind of have to, you kind of try to find out what makes the kid tick when he's on the court because that's the stuff that translates, right? Mm-hmm. Is the kid going to fight? Is the kid going to be Evan Prater? since we're making comparisons here, Evan Prater very easily could have Ben Bryant's coming back. I'm out of here, man. I'm not putting up with this crap. Like I'm supposed to be next in line. I can't believe that they're bringing this guy back. I was a four star to try to give him my spot. It's my spot. I was the number two behind Dez or I'm the highest recruit they've ever had. Or does he put on his big boy pants and say, Oh, you're bringing somebody in, huh? Well, I'm going to show you I'm better than him. Yeah. Or I'm going to show you everything I've got to be better than him. So that's, that's, it's hard to tell. And you, and you miss all the time. Guys, guys fool you. But those are the things when you're evaluating AAU or like, you know, a kid at a camp setting. Um, that's what you're looking for. Are those like clues, those tips that can tell you, does this kid have it? Does this kid love the game? Is this kid going to fight through some adversity? Um, or is he going to just like say, ah, whatever, you know? Yeah. 
All right. Uh, saw that Sean Phillips decommitted from NC State. Is there any mutual interest there? Uh, there might be mutual. Well, there, Sean Phillips might be interested. I don't believe there's going to be any Cincinnati interest in that one. That one is kind of a shit show. Um, I, I, given the way things went the first time around, uh, I don't think there will be Cincinnati interest in Sean Phillips. Can we land Rayvon Phillips and call you and then talk about how the Bearcats are back, baby? No, because I don't think Phillips is somebody they're going to recruit. I just answered that question. Aren't the Bearcats due for another summer foreign trip soon, or did COVID kill those? You get those every four years. The last one they took was Mix. Canada, right? Yeah, the last one they took was Mix final year. So I guess they would be in line, but I don't know. With Unless COVID. COVID pushed everything back two years in the cycle. Well, NCAA, I've never heard anything about the NCAA changing the window for – when you're eligible for one of those. Well, were they just Canada trips or were they? No, it's, you can go anywhere. Okay. So I guess if you're scheduling a trip, then of course COVID would play into it because you'd have to abide by whatever the guidelines were to travel in and or out of that state with whatever those protocols Country. included. Is, yes. Thank you. Um, but with whatever those protocols were as well. So, it's tricky right now, uh, yeah. but I think Cincinnati would be eligible this off season or next off season. All right. Uh, what players are multi-positional at three, four, five? All of them. Um, I, uh, Newman's yeah. not going to play the four. Odie's not going to play the three. Odie's not going to play the three. Like the four and five are more interchangeable than the three and four. Um, you can get away with Davenport for a little bit at the three, but to this point, he's not. They're not going to Russia, Chelsea. Relax. Um, he's not going to play a lot of the three. I think Josh Reed can play the four and the three, potentially depending on what he looks like when he gets here, uh, how he looks when he gets here. Hensley can play the three and the four. Most of the guys that can play the five, all the guys that can play the five can play the four. Um, I think Zekpe is going to be able to play the four and five. It's just a, a really convoluted, confusing answer um, that yes. people are just going to be confused about. So. This guy played two, four, three, and seven. He plays the seven. Right. Uh, who was the last? The last we're, we're on to the banks portion. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, who lasts the longest in a prison fight from BCJ staff? And why is it Aaron? He refuses to die. Of course, that comes from skins. Uh, sorry, I had to tell the kid love you. It's, it's bedtime. You're fine. I actually skipped a question from the basketball. Uh, JD's ideal role on a good team. Uh, spot up shooter, spot up stretch forward. Off the bench or on as a starter? Uh, probably as a spark off the bench. Just curious. Why are you yelling, Chelsea? Stop yelling at me. I feel like you're angry tonight. Or drinking. I I was talking to Chelsea. She's yelling. Can you tell Chelsea to calm down? Calm <laughs> down. All right. Uh, Chelsea, so who, come here on camera. Tell Chelsea, relax. Chelsea, relax. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah, she's got to go to bed in four minutes. Uh, who lasts the longest in a prison fight from the BCJ staff? Why is it Aaron? He refuses to die. I, I'm out on a prison fight. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I mean, I'd file a toothbrush down. I, there's no doubt about that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know. One in Rome. Uh, rapid fire. Chad, this means one or two words. Jamaica or Bahamas. I, I don't play by your rules, Skins. This is my show. Jamaica or Bahamas. Jamaica. I knew you would pick that. I'd take the Bahamas. Uh, I've never been to Jamaica, so I don't know. Uh, mustache... I've never been to the Bahamas. I've been to Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, mustache or soul patch? I look terrible with a mustache. The, the only way that I can grow it is when it actually grows out like this, and even then it looks patchy. Uh, so I'd go soul patch. Uh, I, I would probably go soul patch as well. Uh, Skinamax or HBO at night? Skinamax, a thousand percent. Not even close. Not close. Um, Follow-up question. Would you rather live in the transfer portal threat at its peak toxicity or Kabul during the Afghan war? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I would take my chances Uh, with the Afghan war because that would at least be interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll go transfer portal because I just guessed that there's not a the very the real possibility that you take one wrong step and like it, your legs get blown off because it pays the bills. Uh, P.S. Right. Aaron, I don't know what Caillou looks like. Can you put a pick up? Uh, no, go back, go back, <laughs> go back to the the happy hour from Friday. You can see that I deleted a stupid Caillou pick. Uh, who would each of you like to see the Bengals take with their first and second round picks? No idea. I have no idea. I do have an idea. Um, if if they can do it, I'm I'm all for them doing a defensive draft this year. Um, I'm I'm totally okay with that if their first two picks are defensive because they've done so much to address the offensive line, um, both this year and even with the Jackson Carmen pick last year. Um, plus, I don't know that they're done. I think that you can still pick up some either undrafted free agents or, or some uh, some veterans after the fact, after the draft's over at a discounted price. But I'm here for a cornerback in the first round if it's a guy that you, they like um, or if they don't end up trading down and still getting a guy that they like. Um, and Edge, if uh, I think the guy's name is Nick Benito. Yeah. If he's still there in the second round, as some people have him, I'm I'm all for edge second round too. I mean, just with the uh, the injuries that they've had at edge, especially, um, I'm I'm good on that. I think corner, I would I would I would be good. At first round, yeah, I, yeah. I, you need to get a, a guy opposite a woozy at. Eli Apple can't continue to be your fall too. I'll never think highly of Eli Apple. I've seen him in action. Maybe we have a Super Bowl victory. He he was he was good down the stretch, but he wasn't I, good in the Super Bowl. Not in that particular stretch. And um, boy, if if if, if uh, OBJ didn't get hurt, he would he was getting spanked. Still, the regular season I think was an Eli Apple comeback tour. I will say that. Um, so it's not me just shitting on Eli Apple, but. Uh, what what is your favorite episode of The Simpsons? Oh man, the one with Dan Hort in it. Duh. I am not a Simpsons guy. I, I mean, I watched a long time ago. Like, I never uh, really. Uh, I was not allowed as a child to watch The Simpsons. If I'm being oh, honest, I was. Well, I mean, I was. I was almost old. Like, man, yeah. But there's an episode of The Simpsons with Dan, Dan Ward, Ward in it. Yeah. That's my favorite episode. Um, well played. 
but I wasn't really allowed to watch, so I didn't really watch, and I never got into it because it was already so far in in the rear view, if you will. Like, I wasn't just going to pick it up in season twelve when I. I mean, you could have. Like, there, it's not like the Simpsons. Type of I know, I know, but but I still like. I just never had interest in it because I wasn't allowed to watch it, so I never really like was. I'm gonna go watch Simpsons. It was on after Sunday Night Football. I was like, eh, maybe I'll maybe I'll hang on. Maybe I won't. Uh, the Did you not watch Family Guy either? I, not not a ton. Not a ton. Oh boy! I think I got through like the first season and South a half. Park. Did Chelsea South Park? South. Did you watch Park. South Park? I got done with South Park. All right. Then you redeemed yourself a little bit. That's fine. Um. <laughs> quiz for Chad: Which wrestler is pictured here? And this is the last question. And I feel like this is the perfect time to drop this last question. I don't know who this is. No idea. Caillou's bastard uncle. Is it, is it? Is it? Is that? It looks it, like Jimmy Hart. It looks like Mouth of the South. Jimmy Hart is his manager. What was the? I, what was the British commissioner at one point? What was his name? Uh, uh, oh, William Regal. But this yeah. is way before that. I don't know, man, but that's wildly uncomfortable. And we're losing. Adrian Adonis. Ken Dog says Adrian Adonis. I, I okay. I, I recognize the mouth of the South. <laughs> you were comparing Jack Dingle to that body, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll take Jack Dingle. That's the mailbag. That's the show. We're done. Let's get the hell out of here. Brent, Brent's thank not you. here to write a recap, so I'm going to need you to write a recap. Thank you to Brent for even joining us. Let's, yeah, let's just say that uh, we we do appreciate from him. the from the Orlando airport from the Orlando airport. Uh, shout out to Brady Collins for giving us his time as always. We do appreciate it. Um, but that all said, this was another episode of Bearcat Bounce Podcast brought to you by the Danco Transmission in Fairfield near uh, Jungle Gyms. Jungle Gyms. Thank you, and also. Urban Artifact. Urban Artifact. And I'll switch my audio over before we do the nightcap. Very good. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, but for Brent Young, for Chad Brendel, I'm Aaron Smith. See ya!